All right, folks, before we get into the podcast, we wanted to remind you that you can support Extraneous and all of the other podcasts on the Mischief Media Network by joining our Patreon. You will also get a bunch of really cool perks at different tiers. You can join our Discord and talk with so many people about so many things, not just Steven Universe. (laughs) You're laughing at me because I can't think of filler. But seriously, it's not just Steven Universe. It's like Harry Potter. And there's a chat about what's that game that everyone was really obsessed with at the beginning of this quarantine? Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Yeah. So you can join our Discord and chat with like-minded folks. And you can get uh, merch and you can get all sorts of things. Yeah, it's a really great place to be. Honestly, the Discord's a lot of fun. There's a whole chat where (laughs) where people put pictures of their pets. And frankly, that's all I need right now in my life. Um, but, But genuinely, it is the most direct way to support the show. You can give as little or as much as you want, and it is always, always, always appreciated. And honestly, the bonus content is really fun, because even if you're only here for, say, us, which, bless you, uh, (laughs) but even if you're only here for us, twice a week there is bonus content coming out from all of our shows. So this past week, we there was an extended interview from Nonplussed and a bonus article written by Robin, the host of Healthy Geek Academy. We do really cool bonus content also. We recorded a commentary of A Single Pale Rose. I did a worksheet of like the leadership qualities of all the Hamilton characters uh, a couple of weeks ago. I wrote a very long list about why if you are queer and love queer media and you listen to A Story Most Queer, another one of our podcasts, why you should watch this (laughs) show called The Untamed. I spent two, three hours writing this really long article about why you should watch The Untamed. So what I'm telling you is we put a lot of work into the bonus content (laughs) for you to enjoy. So you should definitely enjoy it. Uh, So go to patreon.com slash making mischief and join our Patreon. Woohoo! Welcome to another episode of Extraneous. Steven Universe edition. Ah, Steven Universe, the movie edition. I have to say that I still kind of expect you to say Supernatural. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a little pause in my brain. I have to actively tell myself that it's not s, it's st, like every time I actively have to tell myself that. So if you're just joining us, that's a joke about the fact that we used to do a supernatural version of this and will again because it will come back. Uh, But I'm Takia. And I'm Leah. And before we get into all of the Steven Universe movie exciting things that we can't wait to dig into, we wanted to remind you that we have really cool merch on our website at mischiefmerch.com. On Mischief Merch, you can check out stuff related to different fandoms, being a fan in general from our conventions, and most specifically related to this, uh, we have a whole Mischief Media collection from all of our podcasts, including this one. At the top of the page, you'll see a, a thing that literally says collection, and one of the options is Mischief Media. <laughs> And if you purchase anything from that section, you can use the code dot pod at checkout and you'll get $5 off of your order when you order from that specific collection. A uh, lot of really cool stuff up there. I love our Stay Extra mug. It's super cute. Yes. I love the the vampire merch. I love the quarantine merch. Like it's it's all really cute stuff, y'all. You should definitely go on and take a peek. So again, that's mischiefmerch.com and use the code dot pod to get $5 off anything in the Mischief Media Collection. All right, no more shilling. Let's get down to the business. grandest. To, let's get down to bismuth. <laughs> oh, God. Did you know, Takia, 
that scheduled, and I was actually really excited for it, but scheduled directly before everything went into shutdown, there was going to be a theatrical release at the end of March, it was supposed to be, and then everything did a shutdown. And this is me saying, I'm so upset I have not gotten to see this movie on the big screen. Oh, that would be so fun. Yeah. So hopefully once everything is, is again... Just just is, just exists, just we're able to go out into it. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I yeah. would go see uh, the movie with you. Friend outing, podcast outing. What's movie theaters are a thing again? I miss movie theaters more than most things. Movie theaters and bars are at the top of my list. Yeah, man. Yeah, 100%. Oh, big sigh. But I'm not here to drag everybody down with me because we're here to talk about the delightful 83 minutes that is Steven Universe the movie. Is it only 83 minutes? I keep yeah. saying like 90 in my head. I think it's 80. It's 83 or 82. I can't remember. Amazing. Prime, prime, prime Disney, 90s Disney length. Yes, absolutely. And it's packed full of lots of fun. All right. So what are the like big takeaways, major themes in this? Not necessarily a theme in and of itself, but there is the recurring mantra, at least of the happily ever after. Steven Universe, the movie takes place two years after Change Your Mind. It begins with Steven having, it begins with like the tale of Steven and Steven has has saved the galaxy and everything is right again. And he's finally back home to have his happily ever after. Happily ever after, here we are. And throughout the movie, as we continue moving and, and Spinell shows up and, and everything terrible keeps happening, we have to get people's memories back, all that. Steven just keeps saying, I want my happily ever after. The entire movie, it's all he's after. Happily ever after, here we are, refrains a number of times within other songs. And then by the end of the movie, Stephen has a realization that like, isn't a great realization, but like, you see where he's going with it, that that there is no such thing as a happily ever after. And there's always more work to do. Now, I see why he says it in that moment, because it's been a rough day for our boy Stephen. Um, (laughs) It's it, the idea of the happily ever after is sort of the the biggest uh, what's the goal of the movie, basically. Well, yeah. And it has this like very storybook frame to it. I think we're going to reference Disney a million times in this, um, especially due to the opening. And I think that questioning or like pushing back against the idea of a happily ever after is a really important point in this movie because not only because we like wrap up Steven universe proper with them, you know, sort of saving everything, right? The biggest of the big bads they have brought into the fold. They are Mm -hmm. part of the family. Everyone is kind of happy and it seems that things are going to be stable and there's nothing for them to come up against, but like pushing against the idea that like, that's it, that like you will ever achieve that like final happily ever after there is never strife or, or drama in your life. Like we all know that's impossible, right? Yeah. (laughs) You get, you get, you get through one thing and then the next thing comes for you. And I think that it's really important that Steven as a character and also this story because it's so easy for children's stories and for cartoons like this to kind of wrap up in a bow. I think mm-hmm. it's important that Steven as a character and this story recognize that there actually isn't an endpoint. There is no happily ever after. You're just getting through the next thing. And like, that's sort of the sweetness of life, right? That like, you will yeah. never be done. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I, I think actually that ties into... um 
another sort of not necessarily theme theme, but it is like definitely a takeaway. And that's the idea that by the end of the at the end of the movie, as Steven is trying desperately to get Spinel on his side, as he has gotten every other villain or every other not villain, but every other antagonist on his side through a song and a small conversation, it doesn't work that way with her, right? Like it is not it's not that easy to get Spinel. Like even every time it looks like she's coming and is okay again, like she pulls back because of how much she's been through or and how she's been affected. There's the whole, we can forget this ever happened and it doesn't work because you can't just forget. And that comes along with the happily ever after. There is no neat bow to what you do in life. You can get through things and you can have good times, but there is no neat bow. And I think that ties into the, you can't just forget that the bad happened. It happened. And forgetting and forgiveness aren't the same thing. And moving forward and forgetting is not the same thing. So like, you can't just make trauma and anger and hatred and all that. They don't just disappear. Yeah. And the seeds of whatever that strife was, is often still there. So not only does it not work with Spinel, the like, normal Steven Universe, let me just make friends with the enemy. But also, I think it's not quite working with the diamonds. What we see is that, like, their expectations around Pink are starting to, like, reform yeah. around Steven, right? Like, to mm-hmm. me, at the be- like, both the beginning and then when they show up again on Earth at the end, this is an example of, like, if, we- if this kept going unchecked, that's going to create another messy problem, right? Yeah. They have, they have these, like, very big, because they're large, <laughs> large diamonds, <laughs> expectations of, like, you know, being able to just, like, focus in on this one person and, like, let me adore you. And that is, like, a lot for someone to carry if you're not the type of person who wants that. Like, I think that we've all had, like, different types of overbearing relationships. And mm. if you're not the kind of person that, like, fits into that mold, it will break you. And it will create a lot of drama in those relationships. And so to me, we are also seeing that, like, you have to look at the the root causes of things, I guess. Yeah. And you can't just, like, you know, like, make friends with someone and, and, and expect all of the history and all of the backstory to just go away. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. That bit with the diamonds make is is so fascinating to me because, like, I enjoy them as the bookends of this movie. Like, and again, tying into the happily ever after. Steven's like, nope, not moving in, going back to Earth. I gotta be waiting for me. See you later. Bye. And he just, he warps away. He just takes off. And like, that's, that's kind of avoiding a problem you have right now. Just to be like, nope, yes, I'm singing. It's happily ever after. I can't hear you. And he kind of has to deal with his giant sister aunts, like, and the problems that he has. Like, you can't just run away. Way, Steven. And I really appreciate that at the end of the movie, they show up and they're like, Steven, we're here. We were so bored. And you're like, wow, how long has it been? Oh, wait, a day. It's been yeah. about 24 hours, maybe yeah. less. And they got bored and they were like, we're moving with you. We can't, whatever. Like, it is very clearly a bigger thing that Steven quite honestly ran away from because he didn't want to deal with it because they were overbearing and... That's not how you can – you can't solve things and just, like, you can't clap your hands and get the ending you want. It, you just have to work through it. Yeah, man. The diamonds have to put that energy somewhere. Like <laughs> Into spin out. They're either conquering the universe or they're going to love someone. So. <laughs> oh, man. I think we've already hinted at, like, stories as a recurring motif. The yeah. storybook 
opening and then all of the individual characters singing their own specific stories. Steven's story being broadcast out mm-hmm. across the universe and all of the like puzzle pieces that we have to pick up uh, for the Crystal Gems to complete their stories. Uh, and honestly, the search for that pivotal moment, I think, yeah. is really interesting. Also, that that last sort of section where Steven's like, what's my final puzzle piece? And right before he does that, he has that whole moment where he's like, how is this not it already? He's like, a gem is trying to kill me (laughs) for something my mother did that had nothing to do with me. I'm weak and I'm afraid and I'm alone and like the world is dying. And he says, this is the story of my life. And it's like, well, there's that story motif again, but this is not a great story, buddy. (laughs) You're 16. I really love Spinel being like, woof, maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing you a favor, kid. <laughs> maybe death is preferable. Hey, <laughs> hold on. I can't wait to talk more about Spinel. I just, I had this moment where like my mouth opened and I wanted to start talking about more things she says in that scene. But I'm like, no, 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 that's, let's wait and talk about that once we get there. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think we covered the big themes. What are the anime references? Teach me. So I did another mashup. I have anime. There's not a lot of anime in this uh, at all, but there is a lot of animation references. And I think most of them are very obvious. But very quickly, um, in in addition to all the sort of wacky ways in which she transforms her body, in which we'll get into, um, Spinel has a couple of times where she will extend her arm really, really long and make her fist really big and punch with it. Um, That is very similar to the sort of the fighting style of Monkey D. Luffy from One Piece. One Piece is a very long running uh, shonen anime. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before. Rebecca and Steven Sugar have been very open about the fact that it was one of their favorite shows growing up. Um, And in One Piece, Monkey has stretchy abilities and will often make his fist big to pound on people. The other sort of oblique uh, anime reference that I saw was... um, at the end of Drift Away, when Spinel changes from like the cutesy version back into the version from the beginning, um, mm-hmm. she glows and you see her gem turn upside down and her hair extends and all of that. Um, and now again, we we are familiar with with gem transformations. And very, very first episode of this talked about how the gem transformations are very similar to magical girl transformations. And Spinel's is no different. And specifically, sort of the focus on her gem and then the bit where she leans back and her hair extends looks a lot like Sailor Moon when she does it sailor moon has a moment where she bends backwards and you see the her hair Mm -hmm. flow backwards and the gems in her hair light up so that's a very uh that's a very oblique style reference animation wise i think it is very very obvious to everybody that spinel is animated different from the rest of the characters in the show she is what is known as rubber hose animation or uh ink blot animation i think rubber hose is more obvious that's the style of animation that um sort of blew up in the 20s and 30s back then animators um everything was done by hand and had to be done quickly and so animation tended to copy itself so it was very prevalent for like a good 20 years Rubber hose animation is marked by dark colors, uh, really not simplistic designs, but um, very fluid designs. Wrists and elbows and knees don't exist. Everything was just kind of loose. So characters like Oswald the Lucky Rabbit and Early Mickey from Disney... Felix the Cat and Betty Boop, Olive Oil from Popeye, uh, Merry mm-hmm. Melodies, all of those things were inkblot and rubber hose styles of animation. Um, and then there's modern send-ups of rubber hose to this day. Um, I'm thinking of video games like Bendy and the Ink Machine or Cuphead. Um, uh, in animation, it's a way to signal something is old or out of touch. And with Spinel, she's old and has not been touched <laughs> in a while. So she's drawn completely different from everybody else. 
Um, and then lastly, the opening of the – we will talk a lot about the opening of this movie, but um, the, the musical opening of this movie in that it opens with the curtain and the strings and the orchestra playing over imagery as the credits roll is a send-up to – early movies in general, but also early animated movies, classic Disney, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, yeah. Cinderella, all of those. Um, mm-hmm. Like, And then if you think of live action, think Wizard of Oz, right? The opening music moments alongside the credits being rolled. So yeah, those are the big animation references there. We're in a lot because this is, I think we're mainly focused on sort of the 1920s aesthetic of yes. Spinell and the, the sort of the musical setup of the film in general. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the story. Uh, I think we're going to do this a little differently because so much of the story really pivots around the songs themselves. I think Mm -hmm. we will mash up the story, talking about the story specifically with the musical moments. But first, what's your favorite part of this? What Ah! was your favorite part of the movie? So I I, overall, I just like I, I guess in general, like I I love the Steven Universe movie. Every time I watch it, I love it more. I I usually like as I, I when I rewatched it yesterday with an audience because when I watch with an audience I tend to be talkative uh, and by an audience I mean like other people were in the, if I'm in a room by myself I might talk back to the screen a little bit but if I'm in a room with three other people I have a running commentary. <laughs> uh, yep, so, sounds familiar. So, um, but uh, the my two favorite bits of the movie is is in. Um, independent together where pearls up in the sky and she has her verse and she's silhouetted or like she's against the big moon and it's so Mm. pretty um and then at the very near the end during change your mind there is a sequence where spinel and steven fly into the air and steven is in the moon and both of those shots are so gorgeous to look at and i like i live for them every time they happened i have a million favorite moments in this movie but like those two like as a picture shots are so gorgeous and like they they immediately make you like your heart swell a little bit because you're like this is so big but those are definitely like my favorite moments and I don't know what's your favorite you have favorite moments of this movie I also love a lot of this movie I think that my big favorites are the like framing like the theatrical framing device of like opening the curtain when we go in and then them on the stage at the end with their like looking like they're about to you know do a kick line like that like that is really fun and a great way to like ground the musical nature of it as being even more so than steven universe normally is because like Mm -hmm. right like halfway through this podcast i was like look steven universe is a musical (laughs) But I think that they're able to really, like, kick it up a notch by using that framing device. Mm -hmm. I love all of the different styles of animation we're able to see throughout, uh, which is really, really, really fun. And then I think my favorite, like, straight up, like, song or moment is... I was literally just singing it, no matter what. I was like, what am I thinking? I love Amethyst in general and i i love that she's the first person or first gem to get her piece all all of her pieces back uh because of so much of what we were talking about last episode honestly that like amethyst just like you know comes out of nowhere as the most mature crystal gym and like has such a strong sense of self and connection to steven and it just makes so much sense to me and in no matter what we get that like reference back to on the run with yeah. the which i love the one of the things that i love about steven universe the most is how 
how clearly Rebecca Sugar and the writers like remembered their own show. And that seems like it shouldn't be <laughs> a big deal. But as someone who watches a lot of TV, it no one it's like no one remembers their own shows. Nobody remembers their it's like that's like a trope, I think, of television writers, <laughs> especially for long-running shows. If like in, in this episode this happened, they're like, it's a long show. I don't know. She knows everything in her show. Yeah, which is uh that's really it's really good. Also, for the record, my favorite song is Other Friends. <laughs> I love that song. I love Spinel's entrance. I I belt the heck out of that song in my car all the time. It feels good to yell. <laughs> all right let's start at the top so steven universe the movie opens as we said uh with the storybook sort of element with the tale of steven um and then rolls into the diamond palace steven does his broadcast with the two little pearls uh sending it out to the world he has the quick <laughs> argument with the diamonds about how he wants to go home and then the diamonds sing let us adore you mm-hmm. so looking at those two i love this establishing shot of like the diamonds now right the diamonds as 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 you said steven's uh god sister aunts (laughs) i wasn't making a joke but (laughs) but i i love the way that we are establishing those characters the the storybook entrance is just beautiful right like that animation Mm -hmm. is gorgeous and christine ebersol right is white diamond Everyone believes in Everyone believes in Stephen All across the universe Ever Mm-hmm. It just the her voice is so nice over that like watercolory like the I I it's hard to articulate how beautiful and, and how perfectly yeah. they match together like it goes together so well and again at the beginning this movie is continuing to tell you this is something different this is something newer bigger like we're taking steven universe to another level and yeah. i love that i it's like telegraph to me tell me tell me and then seeing the palace and like all of the intricacies of gym culture i guess like the yeah. fact that what has we get a lot of like what has happened in the previous two years that we miss just in like one line and like man i love someone who can be good with like brief dialogue even in like imagery right like at the end of the tale of steven like because you're looking at the different pictures it shows the diamond authority logo where it's the the white the yellow the blue and the pink on the bottom by the end when it talks about steven sort of coming in and and quote-unquote saving everything or fixing everything the pink diamond is on top now like, they very clearly in in sort of accepting Steven, accepting their flaws and going with his plan, like, have put Steven on a pedestal. Like, Pink's throne is small. It's Steven's throne now. And, yeah. and then, like, all of Let Us Adore You is, wait, stay here. Why would you go? We love you. We need you to stay. Come live with us in the palace. There's a room waiting for you. Come on. Come on. Just let us adore you. All of that shows just how how important and intrinsic he is in this new section of their lives. Yes, absolutely. And the moment after uh, Stephen's doing the broadcast and the and White Diamond's like, cut it, cut it. And uh, <laughs> the Pearl is like, you are out of time anyway. I was taken aback. I was like, wow, sassy Pearl. There, yeah. this, this dynamic has changed. <laughs> and the little blue one like flouncing around, like playing, like you're right. The, like even the way the Pearls behave is entirely new. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also appreciate that, like, in a lot of these bigger songs, there's lines of dialogue, even on the, the movie soundtrack as well. And the, the bit where they're trying to, like, <laughs> where they all explain why he has to say, I've destroyed my colonies. I haven't shattered anyone. And White Diamond's like, I haven't say please and thank you to lower life forms. What did we say? Equal life forms. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which just cracks me up every time and then steven's like gotta go deuces and just hops on the wharf and takes off back home yeah um you were talking about how how that was like running away from the issue at hand of like how much the diamonds want to i don't know smother him (laughs) seriously they have as we see in the end they have spaceships they also they're diamonds they could make themselves smaller and take the warp like i'm not sure why steven thinks warping to earth is going to get him away from the diamonds like, that's clearly not the answer. We maybe should have had a longer conversation about what was going to happen post-rescuing universe. It, I get the sense that, like, just, again, from, like, a very short interaction, that's, like, that's kind of been the last two years that Steven's yeah. been, like, keep trying to, like, keep them at bay with one arm and fix the universe with the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's like, but I'm done. Bye. I mean, he really does throw up a peace sign and just deuce out. I'm like, oh, Steven. <laughs> Moving on to the next uh, sequence, warps away to um, sort of a new greenhouse structure that exists on top of the temple in Steven's house where Connie is. The two of them have a moment. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Because <laughs> Connie's going to space camp. She's Ugh. going to space camp. It's so cute. My parents are trying to be supportive of my hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She kisses him on the cheek and he blushes and she blushes. And I'm like, you guys are little teenagers. <laughs> They're so adorable. Steven explains, I was like, oh, the diamonds wanted me to move in. Connie goes to space camp. And then we start the longest song in all of Steven Universe, period, happily ever after. Here we are in the future and it's bright. Nothing to fear, no one to fight. I can't. So this huge set piece in which Steven sings about happily ever after, here we are, he's so excited to be home. This is telling you precisely what you need to know in order to help you once the gems lose their memory and once we have Uh to get into the puzzle piecing sort of part of this all. But it also helps uh, viewers remember or new viewers know who these characters are and what they have been through and the most important parts of their characters. Um, And so we go through the lives of Steven, Pearl, Garnet, and Amethyst, while also seeing what the residents of Beach City and the new residents of Little Homeworld are up to. Yeah, I love an establishing shot. And this song just like shows so much of Beach City and Little Homeworld and the characters themselves. It's so fun. And we like not only do we get the characters, we even get like, oh, yeah. And now Lars, you can jump through his head. Like there are like little (laughs) details in this that just come out of nowhere, but like add a lot of color to what we have been able to like gleam over the last, I want to say five years, but it was seasons. (laughs) Five seasons. And so like just I don't know, there's something fun about just like watching Steven like frolic through all of it all. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth it to to sort of talk about the the bits that each character they each tell their own story in this section, right? So we start with Steven and Steven's story is about how sort of before happily ever after he was living in his mother's shadow and could he ever get out of it? And so like we understand that that's sort of the most 
that was the most defining thing for Stephen. Like as he grew, like he was the expectations upon him were sort of the the thing that drove him and the thing that forced him to grow and to change in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think the line answering for her crimes, I thought I'd always be in an endless battle is really mm-hmm. telling as we look at how much Stephen wants to be done, wants to be at happily ever after, wants to like put down the all of the like cleaning up after battles and and fighting folks that he's had to do for basically his entire life. Yeah. I think that that really underpins. And I get the sense that like part of Stephen's childhood trauma is that he thinks this is conflict, right? That like the only like all conflict is a unit like a war across the universe as opposed to the like day to day stuff. Like sometimes you like you know, get in an argument. And like, there's little, like little things happen that you have to work out. It's not going to be like happily ever after that we were talking about earlier, honestly. And I think that that line really underpins like where that trauma is coming from for Steven. Mm-hmm. The next person who we talked to is Pearl. And Pearl's whole song is about how she was with Rose and she thought she would always be with Rose. And then Rose was no longer there. And her last line is, after love and loss and all the tears that I've cried, I find that here we are in the future. So like Pearl's whole thing was the struggle through her identity as the servant to or the partner of or the unrequited love towards Rose and Pink Diamond, right? Like Pearl was always defined in connection with Rose or in connection with Pink. And it is after all of that and after finally sort of accepting who she is as an individual and moving forward that she is able to be in the future. Yeah. I don't know if this is what you were getting at, but I think that there's something about like the agency that Pearl had to develop, right? Like there's a lot in this section of the song um, that's like, and I was sure she'd set me free is like, I I think that like, again, if we're going to like drill down, that is the line to me that is so resonant with Pearl's story. Exactly what you were saying about like being a servant and like having to figure out how to be her own person and like set herself free in a lot of ways. Yeah, like, but th- that's what it is, right? Like, we we snuck away and I wasn't her servant anymore. I was her partner, so I was free. But I guess I wasn't, mm. you know? Like, uh-huh. damn, Pearl, damn. But that's cool because she's got a cool jacket and she's learning how to play the bass. <laughs> B-A-S-S. <laughs> Spells bass. You're the boss. Heck yes, I am. Heck yes, you are, Pearl. You're your Get own it. boss. Uh, who's after Pearl? After Pearl comes Garnet, and obviously for Garnet, we get the love story of Sapphire and Ruby and the new life they're able to create, uh, which, you know, just like gets me every time. I don't know. I guess we'll talk about this later because I want, like, what's really exciting for me about this story is like the different ways it can be, it can fall, it can come together. No, yeah. For Garnet, it's definitely the... If you told me this, I never would have believed because, like, who could have believed that, like, an accidental an accidental fusion is now, like, on the run is now in, in st- everybody knows who Garnet is and their love is celebrated and they're married. They have rings. Like, they live here. Everything is great. Like, that's, you know, who would it, who would expect that the future could be happiness, I guess. Yeah, especially as someone who can see the future, right? Like, that is the play on words that's happening here, right? Because, like, Garnet has future vision. Sapphire should have been able to see, in quotes. But, like, yeah. it's the, it's, it's, this is the kind of thing that no one can expect. Oh, Garnet! Then we get Amethyst. And I love that Amethyst, more so than any of the other ones, brings Stephen into her telling of her story. Yes, and everybody else, too. 
Yes, and everybody else. She does the like, look at me, I'm a young adult, which <laughs> is just line. funny. <laughs> it's just funny. And talks about like how she's able to find her place as a part of this family. She wraps it up. She's yeah. like, that is the perfect, like, what Steven Universe is about. And also, like, it, it just, like, wraps all of the stories together. I really, like, it's, is she found herself in understanding her place with others. Yeah. And especially, like, the whole bit, like, came out late and alone, like, is so sad. But, like, that, that Amethyst is able to be her own person because she's surrounded by others who love her and others she can take care for or take care of and others who can take care of her. Like, it's a, it's a really great understanding of what amethyst values in her life also the bit where she's like look at me i'm a young adult like i'm gonna say it too because it's so cute Um, (laughs) but every time i watch the movie it hits me that when she does that because she she transforms into steven and then she goes back to herself that i get a little like reclumped over the fact that amethyst like steven is taller than amethyst in this segment (laughs) I'm like, oh my god, he's getting so big. Amethyst <laughs> is just amethyst size. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. Steven being taller than Amethyst really gets me. He's like growing up. We watched him grow up. I know, but like they were the shorty squad, man. And they're like the siblings and they get the cool handshake. And like Steven's bigger than her now. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? He can change, which we'll get to. <laughs> um, but like that's Steven's final piece magic power whatever uh that he's growing up so steven and the gems take a selfie it's cute as heck they run around everything is great right end of movie there's no conflict to be had (laughs) basically uh no and then steven asks garnet is this like how it's always going to be like look to the future just because he's happy and he expects that like everything will be chill now and Garnet that moment where Garnet's like no is like so cinematic like it's so great for me just because you like you can feel the it's like the winds are changing yeah in that moment and then giant needle comes out of the sky (laughs) oh no who brought this giant chapter full of pink awfulness and dumped it on this hillside it it really is such a good moment because like and and i pushed i pushed pause like right before other friends started because i wanted to see so other friends is the fourth song in the movie the injector drops and the music starts at like 15 and a half minutes. That's four songs in 15 minutes. But we're just going. We're just going. It, it clips. So yeah, Garnet says, no, it's not always going to be happy because here comes this little chaotic gem who nobody seems to know for except for maybe Pearl. And she's right. She rides in on this giant injector. And the closest we've ever seen before are the injectors in the kindergarten. They look like mm-hmm. little bacteriophages, right? Mm-hmm. Also, she drops it on the hill and it lands there and Amethyst yells, nice park job, dingus. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that makes me laugh every time. And then Homegirl pulls out a scythe. Yeah. <laughs> she is not playing around. No. Um, and that like that scene to me happens so quickly. Like you have to watch it a couple of times. It is just like injector like hitting everyone poofing gyms all around and then the standoff between steven and spinel really feels like the first moment that it like calms down since she like shows up 
Yeah. Well, it's probably because like the primary fight between uh, Spinel at least the gems. Like, first of all, they get their they get their butts handed to them. Yeah. Like, like Amethyst, like I'm rusty, and it's like I don't think you're just rusty. I think this is a very powerful little gem who showed up. Like this, uh, she's tiny and squeaky and pink, but like she seems to be extremely powerful. Um, and then again, we talked in the or I talked earlier about how her animation is different, but because of the fact that she's animated so starkly from everybody else inside of this show, like you can't help but feel unnerved by what mm-hmm. you're seeing. And mm-hmm. the same goes for the music that is playing with her. Spinell's music is called Electro Swing, so it it's like a modern take on swing music, which is also 20s and 30s, like big band jazz type stuff. So like, her, even her music sounds out of time. So like, you are from seeing the gems losing, to seeing her on this giant injector, to seeing the way she moves, to seeing how sort of ang- full of rage that she is, like, it, all of it is very, very off-putting, which is, I think, why, like, one of the reasons why it, it seems to fly, this musical sequence, and again, is my favorite song in the whole movie. It is such a great introduction song. It's so strange. Like, <laughs> it's it's so, I love this song so much. And also, I, I think it's important, the fact that Spinell shows up and is and goes, hey, are you Steven Universe? And I feel like it's the first time that somebody shows up and isn't like, hey, are you the Crystal Gems? Or hey, are you Pink Diamond? Or are you, Ro- or not Pink Diamond, are you Rose Quartz? Everybody's usually looking for Rose Quartz and the mm-hmm. Crystal Gems. This time, this one, she comes looking for Steven. And it's like, uh-oh, what did, yeah. what did our sweet summer child do? Steven is good <laughs> and pure. What could Steven have possibly done? <laughs> So, like, that throws you off. Though she is technically looking for pink. Uh, let's be real. I think she's angry at pink, but she's not looking for pink. She knows she's looking for Steven. Yeah, but, like, uh, as a proxy, she's looking for Steven as a proxy. To take her anger out on. Yeah, sure. Yes, that's true. But I think that, like, were, ro- like, were Rose Quartz or Pink Diamond still there, like, that would be the, that would be the focal point the only reason she's looking for steven is because he's announced to the universe that like his mom disappeared and became him i I think it's a mixture right and i i want to this is still early in the movie but like i think there's something very interesting in in spinel's specific brand of revenge and anger that comes through where yes of course it's pink who she's mad at pink is the one that did this pink is a trash mom but like and did not take care of her friends or her toys however you want to put that like pink was not good but, like, I think Spinell understands that, like, Steven to be a proxy for Pink. But I also think she's mad at Steven, too. Because it's like, oh, so you ran around the universe and fixed everything? You didn't fix me. And even though Steven didn't know Spinell existed, I think that she does. Like, again, I, I think you're right. I think it is based. It's obviously anger at Pink. And I think Spinell comes to realize that at the end. But I think in the beginning, she thinks she also has beef with Steven himself. Steven ran around and fixed the universe, and he's the hero. And Saint Steven, look at Steven and his family. Like, I think yeah. she's mad at Steven, too. I, I think it doesn't make any sense, but I, I do think she is mad at him. Yeah. It's very childish. Yes, it is very childish, but I can understand that. Like, I, there are plenty of times, um, honestly, when I myself have taken out my anger at the wrong person. <laughs> um, and that uh, sometimes rage is irrational, right? Like, I didn't read it that way, uh, like, during my initial watching, but I can see how like 
Spinell is directing a lot of her rage to both Stephen and the Crystal Gems as like individuals and not just through their relation, like not just as a proxy. Yeah. Uh, it's the who am I bit where she walks down and does that wacky thing with her arms. <laughs> I love that you like all the weird pieces because like this was never going to make the list of my favorite anything. Um, oh my because God, it this, is- is the, this is the best song in the whole movie. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> But it like it feels almost like a record scratch, right? Yeah. Like it interrupts things in this aggressive manner, which is purposeful, obviously. Like it really supports this character and the kind of like chaotic rage that she has and the destruction that she brings with her, right? It really like this uh injector we wouldn't necessarily fear, but it comes in in such a like menacing way with this character and with this song that interrupts everything that it it, it builds up and it like gives the audience all of the cues and like all of the emotions that you're supposed to feel. But for me, it's weird. And it's like, just like really interrupting. It's like, I was having a lovely day in the park. Oh, oh no. Like, I think they do a really good job of like, I feel like before the movie started, everybody, not everybody, but I feel like there was a lot of sentiments of like, what are they going to do? Like another gem that wants to take on Steven. And I think, yeah, like cynics and sad people in the world can like get angry at the kids cartoon that does the same thing over and over again because it's a kids cartoon (laughs) and they feel like it shouldn't be for children. But the difference here is they, they immediately have to a make Spinel different. There's a different reason why she's coming after Steven, like we just discussed. Um, and B, like, you have to do it in a way that immediately makes you want to root for Steven to win a fight, right? And so she comes in more powerful than the other gems, swinging a very scary looking weapon, riding in on a very scary looking injector. So like they, you're right, the record scratch and interrupting the nice day happens very harshly because immediately you have to understand Spinel to be the enemy, especially when in four minutes... She's not the enemy anymore. She's cute and squeaky when we get there, right? Like, so the movie is really keeping you on your toes. It is. It is. Yeah. So then we poof literally everyone except Steven, who can't poof, but we just like stab him a couple of times. You don't poof, do you? I'm like, oh, no. Your, your human half won't survive my drill. And you're like, what the hell's going on? It is scary, though, especially the once she, you know, hits him a bunch of times, Stephen poofs her. And like, again, she has that that wild smile on her face. Yeah. Because she knows that she's already won or she thinks she's already won at this point. And so she poofs and then Stephen goes to bubble her and whoop, he can't. So she did get him. Yeah. And so we kind of like reset in like everything about the next sequence is a reset, right? Like Stephen can't bubble. He's taking all of these gems back to the beach house, back to the temple and asking his dad for help who also doesn't know what's going on. And then we learn that like Pearl comes to our factory default settings. Wow. Yeah. but there's just so much resetting of all of the pieces happening. Honestly, in even getting rid of Connie helps yeah. establish a reset here, right? Because Connie, you know, didn't start with Steven. Like, like we get to meet her later on in Steven Universe. And also she has developed so far and is like, has her own sword, is a kick-ass fighter. Like, yeah. I think you kind of have to get rid of Connie. Yes, you absolutely do. There's a reason why she's gone until near the end. Like, you're completely right. 
And so then we've got the uh, the song that is like a file name. Hold on. Yep. <laughs> System boot Pearl final three info. How do you do my um Greg universe? Thank you for bringing me into the world. I am at your eternal service. Welcome to your new pearl. First of all, that title seems to suggest that our Pearl has been rebooted twice prior. Now, whether that's just a clever name, because like oftentimes, especially with music or or like folks who do art, arts and graphics, like it'll always say like file name, final, 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 final four, final real this time. Like there's always that joke because nothing's ever done. But like, I think you could read that as our Pearl's been rebooted before. Yeah, man, we got that file in our downloads two other times. <laughs> yep. So Greg, as Pearl starts to reform, Greg is the first one to talk to Pearl. And it's like in a little oyster, like um, Greg. like that. Um, Greg. Um, Greg Universe. And Pearl pops out in her little dress, as we see in the past when she was with Pink Diamond and as her sort of as her Pearl. Yeah. Um, and immediately only re- starts only responding to Greg, only will do what he says. And Pearl, sort of this new reset version of Pearl, explains each gem as they sort of reform inside of the temple and these gems are not the gems that we know and love so pearl instead explains sort of the quote factory settings that you expect out of a gem yeah there is something surprisingly satisfying about this song i think it's because it's very like uh it reminds me of like a honestly like a mary poppins or like this is the like one two three kind of song yeah i totally know what you're saying it's very easy to follow it's very neat and orderly and Mm -hmm. that's why i like sort of so we go uh, Ruby, Sapphire, Amethyst. And then the last one we get is Spinel. And when Spinel starts to reform, they start playing her music again. So mm. everybody else has just kind of like the the light and the airy. And then Spinel starts to glow. And it's like the dan it, dan it. Like it comes in again. And you're like, okay. And, and gets wrapped up in there. And I, I guess as we're saying, so Ruby's back to her Ruby. factory settings. She's on her, all she knows is her mission. And her mission is to protect Sapphire because Sapphire... And Sapphire is above it all and is like, you won't last a day and like moves on with her life. And you're like, okay. (laughs) Amethyst is like, she just popped out, knows nothing and is just repeating it actually, which is kind of a funny visual gag where she starts mimicking Pearl's hand, hand motions and stuff. The Ruby and Sapphire is interesting because I think Sapphire makes that prediction of herself when we, for in her, in their original story, right? Yeah. She says, I won't. Uh, which is just interesting. I agree with Amethyst. It's a great, it's a great physical gag that carries through, honestly, until we get Amethyst back, basically. Yeah. And there's also something about her joints, like the factory default setting of Amethyst yeah. being uh, having those joints that like also make you focus in on the articulations that she's making. Right? Not yeah. only is she not forming her own motions she's just mimicking but she also has these like the armbands and joints that like make you look at it and notice it it reminds you of a baby right because Mm -hmm. like you know babies when they're little and chubby chubby, and they have all those rules because amethyst is the same size she always is she's not smaller but you feel immediately that she is a toddler yeah and her hair is shorter which i think helps to like give you that like youth that like she is much younger Oh, definitely. And then Spinel comes back. Her heart is right side up. She's like a lighter pink and is 
cute and like squeaks. Like now every time she moves, like she's got googly eyes rolling in her head. And uh, Pearl's the way that Pearl introduces her. She says, oh, aren't you the lucky one? Uh, Spinel's from what we can understand from this, are designed to be your best friend, whoever they are given to. So I think like a pearl is given to somebody of status to be their servant. I would presume then spinels are given to folks of status to be their little playmates and to entertain and to to just be by your side all the time. Uh, because from this moment forward, Spinel tries very hard to never leave Steven's side. Even if we don't see her, sometimes she pops up behind him like a magic trick. Yeah. I'm curious as to why we've why we haven't seen other spinels. I bet they're rare. Yeah, I, I guess I just I want to know more about where this toy uh, gem fits into things. Like, can a sapphire get a spinel? Are they just for diamonds? Like, there's just so many questions around it. Mostly because Pearl knows what a spinel is, but we haven't seen another one, and so like that just like makes me super curious about like how all of this works. So twofold, my my guess would be is that A, spinels are rare, mm-hmm. and B, because spinels are playthings, right? So theoretically, they're they're like they're playthings in the sense that like that only the top tier aristocrats would have. Like this reminds me of of a royal and and a toy that a royal would have versus a toy that a commoner ha- would have. It sucks to say sentences like this, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like yes. if you imagine like a princeling or, or a little prince with his you know fancy things versus versus somebody else. So. That's my guess there. I My other guess is that because most of the gem history that we know and most of the gems that we know were gems that were built for war yes. and supporting war and supporting colonization, mm-hmm. that's why we know so much about nephrites and court soldiers and, and, and rubies and sapphires and all that. Like that was to support the war and colonization efforts and Spinel doesn't fit into that. So that's why like it makes sense to me that we wouldn't see her. And then my final thing to touch on the thing about Pearl is I've I don't know if I've always imagined it or if it was just in this moment that Pearl to me feels like a C three PO. She's she's booted up to know boot up that the info. She knows everything. That would make a lot of sense to me. I would believe that like this Spinel is the only one in existence, and perhaps honestly, perhaps Pink has had other ones because you know that just Pink seems breaks like toys. Pink breaks toys. <laughs> Or forgets about them for 6,000 years. I don't know. Did she forget? (laughs) You trash monster. (laughs) But yeah, so we land with Spinel. So we have all of the gems, all the crystal gems, and Spinel completely rebooted. And now we have to figure out what to do. Steven has this great moment where he's like, I don't have anybody to turn to, like, because it's his dad and then these gems who, who don't know anything anymore. Um, and then he remembers that there's like a whole colony full of gems <laughs> just over yonder, <laughs> which makes me laugh. So he goes with Ruby, Sapphire, and Spinel to go talk with Bismuth, Peridot, and Lapis over at Little Homeworld. He leaves Greg in charge of Pearl and Amethyst because Pearl's not going to leave Greg. And I guess he thinks that Amethyst is easy to take care of because she's small. Um, and Ruby, I like that Ruby and Sapphire go with him just because there is a future in which Sapphire sees them going with him. So she's like, whatever. It's it's his end. It's, it's a, oh, that's a very specific reference that nobody's going to understand. It's fate. It's inevitable. We should just go. Which is like the cold version of Sapphire. Like, I don't, you're not usually like this, Sapphire. What are you doing? I love Sapphire in all of her forms. I'm obsessed with Sapphire. And this moment of like, actually, I do see us going is like, I don't know, it just like gets me. Sapphire 
like there the original sapphire like as she is in this iteration reminds me a lot of like daria and then like sapphire ah. there's like there's this like it's not disaffected but it's like a little disaffected i know what you're saying <laughs> and then as she like grows and develops it just becomes like a it's like a a fun version of this but yeah i love that they also that like ruby is just like do like there is a degree to which it seems that from the beginning, Ruby is like doting, right? Yeah. Not just not just there to protect you, but like doing like going above and beyond in the Call of Duty. Also, that our Ruby is curious. Like we mm-hmm. get her curiosity a bit, like in the in the next couple of scenes as well. Mm-hmm. God, I re- I just really love that moment. He's like, oh yeah, I have whole other friends. Uh, we get to little homeworld. Stephen tells Bismuth, Lapis, and Peridot what's going on. Uh, I love the moment where Bismuth is like, ah, don't touch that. And she explains that this giant scythe is a rejuvenator. It is used, uh, homeworld gems used to use it when other gems would step out of line. line. Mm -hmm. Which is a a scary little prospect, huh? That's dystopian AF. Yeah, let's reset you to your factory default settings. Yeah. And then after that, Peridot goes, oh, no, I could have lost all of my character development. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. Which I love. Uh, also, I don't know if this happens before or after the song, but the joke about how long it took each of them to not want to kill Steven. Before. It's, it's before. Wow, that's fast. <laughs> took me at least a day, day and a half. <laughs> Lapis goes, I'm still on the fence. And they're like, ha ha, elbow, elbow, funny Steven, right? And Steven is like, I can't laugh anymore, guys. <laughs> Please. Please don't try. I have nothing left. Like, Stephen's just not here for jokes. Oh, man. And then it seems that, like, first of all, Stephen is just, like, emoing out. We get the yeah. uh, happily ever after a bit of, like, a reprise where he's uh, very sad. He's very, he's uh, happily ever after there we were is just like, oof, God. <laughs> here we are in the future and it's wrong. Just a second ago, we were singing this song, and now they're gone. And then here comes Bismuth. Uzua Duba, like, is, like, coming in with those hard-hitting, like, I gonna pick you up. We got this. We have fought before. We gonna fight again. Like, I just love the fact that she comes in there and it's, like, got that really heavy punching feeling when compared to the sad, sort of melancholy ballad that Steven is going through. Yes, absolutely. And then, honestly, the fact that Spinell is, like, one of the drivers of the solution on how to bring back the Crystal Gems is wild. Mm -hmm. I think it's useful narrative work because eventually we have to, right, like, have some sort of redemption arc for Spinell. Like, we know that of all Steven Universe villains. And so the fact that we're just constantly getting these, like, oscillating bits of her character and she actually is helping is useful for like down the line very far down the line when we eventually have to forgive her as an audience and i think it keeps again it's the thing that you were talking about like it keeps us on our toes yeah i wonder if also like that's part of spinel's like personality programming is like if she's your best friend she wants you to be happy yeah super not happy and she's like well what if it's like this and we can play this game and we can do this like let's do it together like i think that is like, it's probably part and parcel with what she exists to do and that it actively makes her helpful. You're right, is really interesting and neat. And then sort of as we as we keep going through the song, like the second time the here we are in the future bit comes in and Stephen, 
the here we are in the future and it's wrong and he gestures to ruby and sapphire and goes look at them they're not even singing along is <laughs> one of like six fourth wall breaks in this musical and i really enjoy it uh it's great i also uh this is the this song ends with them in the like power pose though right super sentai pose oh i didn't mention that in the anime references sleeping on sleeping on the job leah Apparently. <laughs> I expect, honestly, like, they end in such a, like, anime pose or whatever. I expect, like, words to jump up on the screen. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm expecting, like, a punch. Like, this is the title yeah. card. Um, yeah, crystal gems, <laughs> like, right over them. Yes. <laughs> the whole sequence is, like, it's powerful, right? Like, and you're right, like, ending with that pose is powerful, and, like, you expect, like, a big thing there. And then, like, right before it, like, as they come down through the elevator and, like, Bismuth sings, um, I've known them longer. I've seen them get through worse and come back stronger. And we never give up. No, we never give up on our friends. As long as one of us is standing to brandish the star, we'll find a way to save the day. And she sings the we are the crystal gems part mm-hmm. and her recurring line. And it's after she pours the lava into the star outline <laughs> in the ground and the the light from the sort of molten. I don't know if it's it's lava or it's, it's heated metal or it's it's something molten. But like that light comes up and it's lighting Stephen from down and the star on his shirt is lit up. And her line is as long as one of us is standing to brandish the star, we'll yeah. find a way to save the day. That's who we are. And that is such a good line. I think we <laughs> like I want to like get up and fight with them. I want to get in the car pose. Me too. Yeah, I think that's Spinell's energy, right? Is like, me too, guys. <laughs> Here we are in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and it's wrong. <laughs> she, I love it. She just doesn't, that's a pure, that's a monorail song. And then Homer Simpson going, mono, don't, because it ended. Like, that's all I could think of was the monorail song. But like, Spinell does not fit in this group. And I love, I think that's a really interesting way of doing that too. Because not only does she not fit, she sang the wrong part of the song. (laughs) She did the part of, like, we just got over the fact that, yeah, okay, it's wrong, but we're going to find a way to save the day. And instead she sings the sad part of the song again. She's totally wrong. With an upbeat, jazzy tempo. (laughs) With the jazz hands. She jazz hands a bit too, right? (laughs) Yeah. Spinell, we're done now. But out of that, we get the idea of, like, you know, trying to find their pieces. Uh, And then Stephen, you know, tries to put Sapphire in danger to push (laughs) Sapphire and Ruby together. Jesus. (laughs) Uh, I love the moment when uh, Sapphire's like, it's okay. (laughs) He he won't follow through. (laughs) I like that Peridot pulled out a giant buzzsaw. Like, he's like a pizza cutter. I'm like... In what universe does a pizza cutter look like that? <laughs> Steven, are you serious? What size pizza are you cutting? <laughs> Seriously. And why does it spin? It spins like a table saw. <laughs> well, it wasn't. I, I mean, would. your portable table saw. <laughs> well, it wasn't uh, like spinning on its own at first. And he's like, uh, I can't I can't uh, go after a <laughs> sapphire with this. And Peridot's like, wait, clicks the button. Now go. <laughs> I love Peridot is still an agent of chaos, even when she's not the most chaotic creature in this movie. Yeah. But of course, it just like hijinks. I think that the the uh, 
the song in the score, like on the, because we get like a lot of score in the album. Yeah. I think that song is called just like hijinks or something. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> Sapphire is like, Ruby's like really impressed with the fact that Sapphire gets it right again. Oh, what else will you see? Um, the spinel will pick up the thing. <laughs> And hi- hijinks ensue. And I'm like, that's your, you know what? Sapphire is completely correct. It is hijinks. <laughs> but we, you know, barrel forward with everything going a- amiss. And Ruby is about to meet her demise as Sapphire has predicted. And we get a little bit of a flip on, you know, the the story of how Garnet comes to be. And Sapphire dives under to save Ruby. So twofold. One... I really appreciate that even though we have seen Steven's powers be virtually non-existent, that he's still able to summon enough of something to summon his shield for like the 10 seconds it takes for Sapphire to see not just Ruby's demise, but that Ruby is shattered. And that's a little bit too much. And like, Mm -hmm. so that also gives Ruby the chance to say like, even if I do die, like at least I had the opportunity to meet you, which is the opportunity Uh needed. So like, I feel like it's almost more impressive that Sapphire is the one that goes to save Ruby because it's one thing if Ruby's are impulsive or whatever. And so she saves Sapphire. But in this instance, Sapphire is literally breaking against what she sees in her own future. She's changing the future. Right? Like Sapphire's shouldn't do that at all. And she does. And I love it so much. Yeah. Honestly, that like goes back to their vows for me. Like that is what... Yeah. Ruby, like that is what Ruby did for Sapphire. That is what Sapphire does for Ruby. Like it, it makes the impossible possible. Uh, I love them so much. I'm honestly getting a little misty. <laughs> it's, That's a role reversal. Is, their love is so beautiful. <laughs> it's like I'm overcome with emotions, guys. <laughs> but unfortunately, we don't get our garnet, right? Like we we're nope. still. We're still at the beginning of this story. And so we get the garnet that we uh, see from like the answer. Like this is uh, stumbling around cotton candy garnet. She's not solid yet. And actually, I like inside of Isn't It Love, which uh. is a really great little sort of small ditty. I love the the suddenly I'm hot, suddenly I'm cold, suddenly I'm smart, suddenly I'm a fool or whatever those lines are like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so it's so interesting. And inside the, the sort of animated sequence in that you see um a a ruby and a sapphire in their like clothing in terms of like wearing sapphire's dress and ruby's little outfit but like as garnet and like you see them come together and sort of the blue and the and the red making a more the more magenta tone that we associate with garnet but when she pops out she doesn't look like that anymore like she's she's not whole yet because she's still missing her pieces but like there is something really great to see like the from this moment forward, sort of the innocent and fascinated by everything around her version of Garnet. Yes. Like, she's got moments, like, coming up that we'll get to where I'm like, Garnet just looks like she's having the best time (laughs) because everything is new. (laughs) Everything is new and this is a new experience and what is going on? And, like, her eyes are big and she's just loving it. Like, I really like, I mean, I want our Garnet back, right? But I really like this new Garnet, like, baby deer Garnet. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's just, she's a new life. 
there's something delicate about it. Like the garnet as a metaphor for love and like for particularly Sapphire and Ruby's love is it just like never ends. Like it, it is one of those uh, narrative pieces that you can sink your teeth into over and over and over again. And I mm-hmm. love the idea of this like delicate, curious new life. This just like thing you can't understand exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's it's very it's very beautiful. Garnet. Yay. Also, she's just so happy all the time. She's just like, this seems fun. There's there yeah, you're right. There are parts like down the line where she's just like, Oh, are we still friends? What's happening? What are we? Yeah. Well, what's also interesting is um starting with that like at the end of Isn't It Love and Steven's like, Garnet, oh my god, I'm so glad you're back. Here's what's going on. And she says, Do you Do know you me? Know? And from this moment forward, Everything Garnet says is a question. Mm. She does not speak statements. She only speaks in questions. Like even like at later when she's like, oh, Spinel, did you change your hair? It's still a question. Like she does have a moment of a statement where she says Spinel's name. But like literally everything out of Garnet's mouth moving forward is a question because she hasn't figured out her answer yet. Whew. I did not realize that. And honestly, I just got chills. <laughs> it's it's so good, especially because our Garnet never asks questions. Yeah. Like sort of as a as a rule inside of Steven Universe, she does not. Yeah, so like which is I think that it makes a lot of sense that like early Garnet is just questions, right? Because mm-hmm. Garnet represents a break with like the surety that Sapphire had, and honestly Ruby as well, right? Like Ruby and Sapphire as they are individually are sure. Ruby has one purpose, it's to protect Sapphire, and Sapphire can see the future, so she always knows what's coming. Like these are like very certain creatures. And I think that, like, for Garnet to be just like, well, as it turns out, Sapphire couldn't see the future and, you know, Ruby needed to be protected as well. Like, nothing is true anymore. (laughs) Uh, Makes a lot of sense for everything that she says to be a question. Also, you're right. Isn't it love? It's just a great, like, little ditty. It's, like, very quick, but. Yeah, it's just pretty. And, like, it's, is it trumpets? What is the. Like there's over the isn't it love refrain that she does at the end there. There's like bright brass. Like I don't know if it's trumpets or trombones. I don't know instruments. But it it gives it a feeling of of joy and triumph. Like this is a good thing. Like even if it's not our garnet yet, like this moment of connection between Ruby and Sapphire, like Ruby and Sapphire coming together to be garnet, like that is something to be celebrated even if it's not ours yet. So like I appreciate sort of the – brightness that this song brings even though it's it's small and it's not garnet's like bigger number yeah yeah also this song is a question uh i this question thing totally blew my mind <laughs> totally blew my mind so then we realize that, you know, Garnet isn't going to be <laughs> the crystal gem that gets us out of this. Uh, and Steven goes to catch up with Amethyst and Greg and Pearl. That bit where Pearl drives the van, brings out the stairs, brings out a red carpet, <laughs> brings out a trumpet and goes, um, yeah, Greg Universe has arrived. And Greg explodes out of the back of the yeah. van like he's been desperate <laughs> to open the door for the past five minutes. Steven! <laughs> Uh, because Amethyst uh, escaped while he was busy trying to get Pearl to stop being his servant. 
and like little amethyst toddled away so whoops now steven has to go and find amethyst because she's missing yeah but she finds her way to vidalia's uh garage and, oh also i guess it's important to note that they before going to find amethyst and they go on lion he attempts to leave spinel behind and this is the first time that we see maybe what's going on with spinel because he's like actually spinel why don't you stay here and she everything gets a little bit dark and she yells no and like you see her eyelashes turned down and then Stevie goes, or you can come with me. And she's like, OK. <laughs> and so it's that you're now you're starting to go, OK, she doesn't like being left behind. Um, so it's the first hint at what maybe ha- is going on with her. When we get to Spinel's like larger story, I want to explore that more deeply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm into it. <laughs> also they run around on lion and they yeah. go through the town and did you notice that onion is everywhere that they go <laughs> yes <laughs> chaos uh just an agent of chaos i just appreciate he's everywhere he's on the boardwalk he's in the roller coaster he's in the big donut like he is literally everywhere that they go except his house his house <laughs> yes. is the only place he's not <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah because yeah they show up in vidalia's garage with all of the portraits of amethyst which is i wonder how of all the places in beach city for her to go how she ended up there if there's something more to that or it was just convenient for the story which you know well so there is an unused storyboard from what i understand i've not seen it but i know that it exists that initially the scene involved vidalia um so i don't mm. know if it was part of the story and that maybe like vidalia spots amethyst and takes her back to the studio or if uh. vidalia finds amethyst and alerts steven but simultaneously i wonder if like for instance it's not easy to get the gems to get their memories back, but it's not like we don't have to go through every single part of their lives. We need just little bits. So I wonder if there's always like instincts that are still. Yeah. Correct. Like I think maybe Sapphire running in to save Ruby a little that is instinctual because mm-hmm. I think factory setting Sapphire does not care, but our Sapphire does. So instinctually she wants to save Ruby. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe instinctually a little Amethyst goes somewhere that she feels safe. And one place that Amethyst feels safe is Vidalia's art studio. Yeah. Maybe. I'm yeah. Not, I don't know. No, that I feels think that, good. I think that that makes sense, especially because like, right, when we I mean, when you reboot your computer, it's not like it. a lot of the files that you created are still there. Like you're not clearing your RAM or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Computer speak. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that it makes sense that there's a little bit a uh, 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 ghost, perhaps, of our amethyst still there. Yeah. So she ends up in the. Uh, among all of the photos of her and Steven's like tell me you recognize this please come back he seems a little starting to get to like his wits end which is funny in in the drawings as well this is the first time where where I start to notice that Steven looks tired yeah Um, it's when it the first like I noticed it when he turned on the the lamp um like right before he's like song and dance it has to be song and dance let's do a dance and let's sing together um and there the drawing includes bags under his eyes so like he's at his wit's end and i think his body is also starting to decline a little bit so i think that lends both animation and in like what's going on i think you're right it lends to that yeah i mean we were just talking about steven separate from his gem like how tired and weak that like the human side of steven is and I think with his gym, whatever Spinel did to it, it, he's, you know, getting some of that, like, standing on his own. Like, his gym isn't supplying him with as much power as he's used to. 
but then we get no matter what, which I really, really love. In the light of the day. In the light of the day. When you're rising to shine. When you're rising to shine. When you're hitting the hay. When you're hitting the hay. I'll be hanging around. I'll be hanging around. If you like it or not. If you like it or not. I'm gonna be right by your side no matter what. Because it starts as uh, Amethyst copying all of his motions. Yeah. And slowly but surely the like syncopation fall like you can tell Amethyst is like becoming her own person, her own gem. And I think that yeah. that in a lot of ways mirrors the the character arc of Amethyst, right? She and Steven share a lot of the like, I just want you to like think of me as part of the team. Like I just want to like fit in with the crystal gems kind of vibe and like feeling lesser. Like Amethyst has all of that like I feel like I am less because I came out wrong and I'm from this kindergarten mm-hmm. and earth and I don't know as much and I'm not as old as the crystal gems. And it, it so like that idea of like, okay, I'll do exactly what you're doing because maybe that's the way that like I will figure out how I'm supposed to belong or like you will accept me if I'm just doing exactly what you're doing to like slowly but surely like finding her own pacing where she fits into the song and the tap dancing with Steven and then to the point where she initiates it right like that's when we know that Amethyst is back is when she initiates the uh, handshake it is the handshake but she does she there is a moment where she stops following at some point like there's a moment where like they're singing together i think which is the closest they get to like that shift in the song yeah no they because they you're like it does it, it's a lot of following and a lot of um singing they both sing melody together and then at one point she harmonizes with him yes and then there's the moment in the in the train where he says just remember the song and she goes how's it go i forgot so like she's making up new lyrics yeah. now um so like it's really great to see or like like the song itself is really cute because the whole thing like is I'll I'll be right by your side no matter what. Like this is just about being with somebody, which is the thing that it, we know Amethyst as we've watched her grown is one of the things that she has the biggest problem with is being alone or being not taken to be her own person and not knowing her place where she belongs and stuff like that. And so this song is is all of that, but it's it's really in what we see up until the handshake moment, it's it's what we're seeing that helps because like this song is being sung as they go and they play at the arcade. So they mess around like they do and they eat food like Amethyst like to do. They go to the train to the kindergarten and they explore a hole and then like they end sort of just being together on the cliff. Yeah. Like having a moment, which is yeah. like what now Stephen and Amethyst would do. So like they Stephen brings her journey through the journey that we've seen Amethyst go through already. Mm hmm. I don't know. I just read like all of it. And then we get to the handshake part and it's so uh, great. It's so great. It It's such a small moment in part because of the song, because we've been able to like follow the story that we know all the way to this pivotal moment, but also just like through the writing and through the development of these characters, it's such a small moment that's able to be this giant catalyst. Like it is she's just like pew pew and it feels emotionally resonant like it is a big deal that amethyst is coming back to herself right like you can, i yeah. felt my own breath catch the like oh god yes yeah. yay of it all is like really great and then we get to watch her regenerate and go through all of the different iterations of amethyst that we've seen to land 
back fully in her cell. I really appreciate the work that Michaela Dietz does in that moment, too, because like she's just got two little oof noises <laughs> that she does. First when Steven hugs her and then when she lands as Amethyst again or when she lands as Amethyst, she goes, whoa, like it's just it's so perfectly suited to Amethyst that she's not going to be completely fine. Like she's not going to like be uh, stoic about it. Yeah. And she's not going to be like overreactive like Pearl. Like it's just it's in the little things with Amethyst that I je- Amethyst that I, I really enjoy. And I love I like the work Michaela Dietz does in this with her. Um, also, I think it's worth noting that the tap sequence that uh, Steven and Amethyst do was both choreographed and the the tap foley, so the the tap so- uh, the tap sounds that happen uh, was done by Shelby Rabara, who is the voice of Peridot. She's a trained tap dancer, and so they asked her to choreograph the <laughs> they asked her to choreograph the song for Steven and Amethyst. So she did, and she danced it out. That's so cool. Is right? that a? I, do you think that's the situation where they give her the like? beat of the song like do they give her the song and say oh, yeah. like tap to this yeah this is the this is the song that we're doing for steam and amethyst we want it there to be tap. um a tap sequence inside of it so probably or i, I don't mm, i assume so i feel mm. like you have to have a song before you can stick a tap dance in it yeah but I, I don't write music so i don't know yeah though like also it could be like can you tap or i guess if they watch other tappers that might be like I don't know. I don't know how inspiration happens. I am not an artist. But yeah, I love that. I love I love this song and I love that moment. And it's really nice to finally get Amethyst back. Agreed, agreed. And like, I, I feel like we already talked about this, but like, it just makes sense that Amethyst is the first one back. It does. I think she's the most self-assured. She's like, she's also, I, I truly believe this. She's the closest to Steven in terms of what a best friend is. Yeah. Like of the gems, like I, I their relationship is so is so they're all tied to each other they're all incredibly important to each other but steven and amethyst is such a specific style of relationship that like it just makes sense to me yeah i agree with that i also think that it makes sense that he's so easily not easily but like that amethyst initial uh trying to attack spinel which is a very funny sequence when amethyst (laughs) is like it's a monster and spinel's like where <laughs> monster where i don't see him i don't see a monster, monster. <laughs> what monster you're it oh okay <laughs> Ta- you're it <laughs> do you guys not know how to play tag oh i have feeling i have really intense feelings about spinel in that moment because like she goes from being this like that energy she has comes down because she's trying to be nice to them and to be like oh do you not know do you need me to teach you how to play tag? And I'm like, I feel a lot of feelings. Like I feel so bad for this little gem. Yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of a lot of people have been that like kid sibling. Honestly, I'm surprised that like uh, Stephen doesn't show more empathy. Like Stephen's been the Spinel character. Like the like I just want to tag along. Like I want to oh, I yeah. want to make you happy. Uh, here's a together breath breakfast. I think if that injector drill wasn't poisoning the planet, we would definitely be on the empathy train. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> we're on a we're on the clock. Uh, speaking of, we get Amethyst back and realize that like she isn't able to really help the situation much, and that nope. uh, actually, sorry, we get Amethyst back, then we go back to the drill, right? Yes, because they noticed the drill. Yes. Yes. Um, so after after that, the tag incident sort of because they're on a hill, they they have a clear shot of the injector. It looks like it's getting worse. So they run down there and they meet up with Bismuth and Peridot and Lapis to like 
figure out what's going on. Peridot has her own little new Robonoids and they got cool glasses on. And very, because Steven Universe doesn't need to go too hard into this, it's bio poison. Sure it is. <laughs> all the we organic, don't need to know anything else. All the organic life. His organic jacket. My organic jacket. <laughs> I like Peridot's. Oh, kill all the organic life. All of the organic, oh, you know, the plants, the bugs, the trees, people. <laughs> Jesus, Paradox. <laughs> so we need Spinel and not this like fuzzy, friendly, like bouncing ball Spinel, but like the honestly very angry Spinel that, <laughs> yep. that has the knowledge of how to get this thing out of Earth. And so Steven is tasked with, like, trying to bring Spinel back, but he doesn't actually know her, right? Like, we get split seconds with Spinel, it feels like, before she's poofed and becomes this, yeah. you know? Like, it's not like they had a conversation. He has no idea. And so Pearl is the only one who might know more about Spinel. Right. Yeah, because she had that recognizing moment with him, uh, with Spinel. Like, she was like, it can't be her. Um, and Spinel also recognized Pearl because she's like, you must be Amethyst and you must be Garnet. And then she looks at Pearl and says, and pink diamonds, Pearl. So, like, they've met before. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, finding Pearl is is the important part. I also think um, before we, we, we head back to Pearl that there's a moment where <laughs> – in in pure Steven, in pure Steven fashion, except this is pure Steven at 16 and like just wanting to be done. He does that. He has that moment where he's like, what are we going to do? Can't we just we'll lift it? Steven, who has no powers, decides, even though the other gems in the background are like, Steven, no, don't touch the giant drill. He runs up there, tries to pick it up, and in doing so, slams it back down to the earth and like makes it worse. Yeah. And he's like, guys, can't you lift it? And they're like. No, it's too big. And if we move it, it'll either blow it up or make it worse, which is why we all yelled, no, Stephen, don't touch the drill. What's wrong with you? Why would you do something like this? Don't touch the drill. Like, it's a it's a really interesting moment of Stephen being panicked. And therefore, he reverts in that instance to sort of 13 year old Stephen who would kind of act um, brashly, impulse, impulse, brashly, impulsively. It, it was definitely I, I wrote down like, Stephen, you dumbass. Like, I was like, don't <laughs> don't don't touch things. But yeah, I just thought that was an interesting non gem related reversal of Stephen. Yeah. He's, you know, a bit nervous. Yeah. And, you know, he has been reset in a lot of the ways that, you know, all of the other crystal gems have been been reset just because it seems like the rejuvenator has only impacted his gem doesn't mean that like his character development or like emotional growth is also set back by this yeah i think i keep going like is this for now talking or is this for later talking do it dive in so like i i think in there i think there's a lot in that like obviously the rejuvenator didn't set him back right but like being it's a trauma response it's it's a trauma response (laughs) i think i don't think you're wrong it's being set back to that point in time where like he thought he was he thought he was in the clear and two years ago or three years ago like this is jasper showing up on the beach and punching him in the face and poofing all of his friends all over again so steven kind of like pulls a lizard brain moment where he's like i don't know what to do and like i i really think that's part of it where like he does regress because it's 
it, it's like he's getting flashes of all the awful things that have happened to him as a child. And like he will explicitly state that later. But like that he's literally yeah. been thrown back in time is how he feels. Look, Steven Universe had a rough childhood and he's got a little bit of PTSD. Don't we all? I, think, I feel like I know, right? <laughs> Steven Universe has a lot of bit of PTSD, unfortunately. <laughs> and he's definitely... You're right. He says this explicitly later, but you can tell in some of these moments that he is like reliving things from his childhood, right? Like he Mm -hmm. is re like those urges that like running at the injector to just like try to do something feeling that like chaotic out of control. Like that seems to be a reliving of an experience from his childhood. 100% agree. Uh, So luckily we go to get Pearl. (laughs) With Greg. uh, Pearl the roadie. Uh, because even even though we have to evacuate, per the phone conversation we overhear between Greg and Nenefa, Mayor Nenefa, Sadie Killer always draws a crowd, so it'll help get people to the shelters. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So uh, we are going to go through with the Sadie Killer concert that was already planned, because that way people will be safe. So uh, actually, everybody, I'm not sure why I need to list them. Everybody goes, well, except for Bismuth, Lapis, and Peridot, who are with the drill, but everybody goes to the Sadie Killer concert. In a very contrived plan, it's, <laughs> we need we need some big shocking thing to get Pearl to like wake up. I know a rock concert, and I'm like, sure, yeah, she's got to misbehave. She's got to do gotta something, misbehave. do something edgy, break out of uh, her Pearl programming. I was gonna drink a juice and wear pants. Yes, it's the same thing. I'm gonna go to a rock concert. Perhaps she even has to be disobedient which is (laughs) this is my second favorite song in the whole thing really i love this song it is really fun i honestly i love all of the sadie killer songs like just Same. all of them are really good. And actually this is a song that Mike Kroll, who was the guy, who was the uh, Mike Kroll and his band, they were the band that were playing at Last One Out of Beach City. They're the band that uh from Portland that Rebecca Sugar is a fan of and mm-hmm. she put his likeness and his music inside of that at the house show that they go to. He co-wrote this song with Rebecca Sugar. So, it's got like an extra cool West Coast vibe to it. Can you imagine being like I love this band and <laughs> now I get to co-write? <laughs> How wild. It is. It is. It is actively wild. Oh, so uh, they specifically request a song that is uh, it's a song about quitting your crummy service job because that'll definitely get Pearl's attention. Yeah. And it's a it's a really fun song. Yeah. And this would be uh, I'm not honestly, I'm not sure how you talk about songs in a musical, but this is like one of the only songs that or this is, I think, the only song that is like meant to be a song i guess yeah uh, that actually let me text sierra but like it is the only song that like is happening to an audience as opposed to being like an inside thought apparently it's diegetic which is a word that we use all the time but all I the time but i didn't realize that's how you talk about them in music uh in musicals i feel like i feel like the the reason that like that didn't come is because of the fact that like 
you you've mentioned we've both mentioned that we break the fourth wall like the look at this they're not even singing along moment and we talk about singing all the time like because Stephen references the fact that they were singing it's hard to like yeah yeah something is diegetic or extra diegetic yeah but but if this were like a straight musical without them breaking the fourth wall then like all of the other songs the characters wouldn't be aware of so those would be extra diegetic and this would be the single diegetic song in the movie that's actually really neat to think about yeah but like this is pure sadie killer it's got great like fu feelings in it even the way she starts it thank you for gracing us with your presence like (laughs) oh sadie is such a mood (laughs) Uh, um also this is one of the moments i was talking about with garnet because her and spinel uh, the second the song starts start dancing together in the audience they are both having a good time together Mm -hmm. i think it sucks that Spinel seems to be very similar to a pearl in that they're like specifically dedicated to the person who I don't know they first interact with or like something. Yeah. Because if Spinel could get the friendship from Garnet, she'd be done. Like Garnet clearly just wants to like hang out and like experience life, and like yep. Garnet would play tag with her. I'm certain, you know. But it's that she- same way Garnet played like with Steven. Yes, 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 yes. But it's the fact that like she specifically wants Steven's attention, which is mm-hmm. something that is like just out of reach i guess because he's trying to solve the problem she created that you know creates all of her strife right like it makes her that's what makes her sad yeah and and honestly i guess that ends up being the answer to the problem at the end but we have to yeah we have to go through so much character growth change blah 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 um to get her there she has to go through the pain and trauma of breaking with the person that she is meant to be best friends with in order to find the ability to find that fulfillment elsewhere yes so disobedient ends kind of on a down note because they realize pearl's not listening to the words of the song and so Amethyst and Stephen think, okay, maybe if she sees Rose, the person that she rebelled with. And like, actually, Amethyst says the love of her life. And I'm like, this is I think that might be the first explicit statement that has ever happened. Like, it's obvious to everybody. And like, but I don't think the word love has ever been said before. So like, when Amethyst says that in the movie, I'm like, oh, finally, we just like, nobody can ever argue this again. And actually, in that moment, both Stephen and Amethyst looked to Greg almost for permission for Amethyst to shapeshift into Rose. Yeah. When we've seen in the past that Amethyst used to do this to like almost torment Greg mm-hmm. in a sense when she was angry. So it's a really like what a great small sort of nod to character development there. Seeing Rose doesn't turn Pearl's attention because she is in this moment dedicated to Greg, not to per- uh, not to Rose. So the song ends and instead we find out from Pearl's mouth the only thing that would get her to stop serving Greg is if Greg were to disappear. And that's when Steven gets the genius idea that the only way to solve this problem and to make Greg disappear <laughs> is by fusing. <laughs> and I'm reliving the moment I saw that for the first time. <laughs> Wild. I know the first time it happened, I remember Steven leaning into Greg and whispering in his ear and I was like, oh my God. And then Greg is like, but your powers. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to fuse. It's like, Dad, let's do it. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't believe it was actually happening. And then he turns it to Steg. Steg. Four arms. <laughs> How many ponytails? <laughs> How many abs? 
<laughs> with the gem just like crushed in between all of the abs <laughs> and the crop top. The crop top is very important. <laughs> Is very good. Um, and also Steg's guitar fused. He's got a double necked guitar. Oh my god. Definitely one of the wilder moments and one that I appreciate more and more every time I watch this movie. Because I think I was too busy being shocked out of my mind that it was happening to appreciate it the first time. Absolutely. I also like that Steg is a little cheeky. That's Steven in him. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but we get Independent Together, which is a really great song. It's a fun song. It is very, like, appropriate to the sequence of, like, being at a rock concert because it has that, like, rocky, but, like, specifically to Greg's, like, kind of 80s vibe to it. I love that. I also love them just, like, zooming up and through the sky. <laughs> like, uh, what? I like when, when uh, Steven Universe does this quite a bit, but, like, Sometimes you can lose lyrics. Like, I feel like you mentioned this in the last episode that, like, like it's one of the great things about subtitles. You can lose lyrics sometimes in the moment. So, like, watching all of these great animated moments and, and watching, like, Steg fly around in Pearl and then and then Opal's flying and then Steven – I don't not Steven – and then Lion's up there with Garnet. Like, it's, watching all of this, you can get a little lost. But, like, I like when the lyrics suit what you're watching. Mm-hmm. So, the like, the opening lines no – one can push you around. Master of you, and isn't the thought enough to lift you off of the ground? Uh, what do you want to do? You're the master of you, and isn't that thought enough to lift you off of the ground? Text painting. Like the first time Pearl flies in the air, and then like she's that, like that moonshot that I said that I love so much, and like nothing is holding me back. This song feels like you're stretching, and it feels like powerful in a weird way it feels like internal power what's that called yeah and then i mean that's when the song itself starts to soar right we have the lyric is about lifting you up the song is starting to soar and everyone is beginning to fly it is Mm -hmm. mm, work of art it is very very good also it's so pearl comes back to herself and there's this really great tender moment between her and amethyst before they fuse into opal Mm -hmm. And, like, it's it's this look of love between them because they do love each other, like, as, I, I don't know what you call two beings that have lived together for 6,000 years, uh, or 5,000 years, I suppose. But, like, <laughs> like there's this really great moment of, of understanding between the two of them. And then, like, they do that dive back down and, like, all the light shines out of the warehouse and they become Opal. And then here's Amy Mann to sing again. And you're like, what's up? This is just the And then there's Lion with Garnet and Garnet's enjoying and the only person who we leave by themselves is Spinell. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, I really need Steven to be better about this. <laughs> like, just. I agree. Just, like, keep her around. Like, I don't like I don't know why that's hard. <laughs> just, like, hang out with her. I know. But, like, watching them all fly through the air and sing together is great. And, of course, they, they land back on the stage. Opal defuses. Sort of naturally, it looks like Pearl and Amethyst just chose to unfuse, but Steg literally falls apart. And Steven, at that point, looks kind of wrecked. Like, he is out of juice at this point. He is not doing okay. Which, you know, is the cue that, like, there is very clearly something going wrong beyond him not being able to, like, create the bubble or, like, not having control of his powers. He is, like, Mm -hmm. very actively losing something. Honestly, I kind of wonder, and I was going to say this earlier, but I don't know where my brain is at. I kind of wonder if it's like 
Like, you know how Steven didn't look like he was growing for a long time? Yeah. Like, he was 14, but he looked like he was eight. <laughs> and then, like, his his power grew and, and suddenly he's taller and he's got a neck now and all that. I wonder if, like, that's part of it. Like, he needed to develop his – because, like <laughs> – don't laugh at me. Because, because his gem was still underdeveloped. Like, I wonder if, like, he, he needs – those powers to in order to grow like he had to hone those powers before his human body could could properly like he's in... he's got to grow at the same pace as his gem yeah kind of and i wonder if like the gem the loss of that gem power like the gem as it stands cannot sustain the body that steven is at this moment similar to how you were talking earlier when they were split into human yeah. steven and gem steven like human steven looked like he was dying right mm-hmm. i wonder if it's it's similar like it, that the gem as it stood could not sustain 16-year-old Steven. When we see, right, like the only time that we see him separated from his gem, it, it clearly has a huge physical toll. And it seems that it's like the gem is part of what's keeping him upright. And so I think that what you're pointing to makes a lot of sense that like if the gem has regressed to, you know, being a small kid, then like the like steven either has to regress as well or he's just like gonna fall apart it's basically yeah it's it's equivalent to not having a gem at all yeah yeah poor steven he's having a rough day also it's just one day god i'm tired (laughs) and it's not over yet yeah because the at the beginning of the show when he goes to the at the beginning of the show at the beginning of the movie before he goes to the big donut at the very beginning when greg is teaching pearl base he says see you at the rock show tonight wouldn't miss it. Mm-hmm. So Shady Killer, like, it's it's all one day. Yep. Also, I guess it's worth noting that Independent Together, um, Rebecca Sugar wrote all of the music in this movie, which I think is obvious or whatever. <laughs> um, she's, she's credited on every single song. So are um, Avi and Susuru, I think. Uh, they are the the composers for Steven Universe. They do most of the soundtrack stuff. But uh, Ted Leo, who is the voice of Steg, is also credited as a writer for this song, Independent Together. Uh, Ted Leo is in a duo with Amy Mann. So um, that's ah. probably where that connection came in. Ah, nice. But Independent Together ends, and Stephen asks Pearl what he knows about, what she knows about Spinel, because that was the whole reason we needed to get Pearl back right now. And all Pearl knows is, I haven't seen her in 6,000 years, and she was Pink's little plaything, and they used to play in a garden. And Stephen goes, what garden? Yeah. And since Spinel has run away, because the moment where Stephen left her, Stephen left her in the audience, and I don't think, she, and then Garnet was up there. Everybody was gone suddenly, and she didn't take too good to it. Um, so she takes off, and so he runs after Spinel, and Spinel is on the warp pad in the greenhouse at the temple. Yes, which is obviously reminiscent of the garden that she had mm-hmm. been left in, um, and so she's starting to have flashes, and like you know. In the same way that all of the crystal gems have come back to themselves, she is also starting to come back to the spinel of like current times that hates everyone and wants to destroy things Mm -hmm. and like reliving a lot of that trauma of being left behind. And this is when we get the like the story of spinel. This song actively kills me. It's so sad. Survived by her son and all of her brand new friends. And like you can hear it as she sings it too. Like Sarah Styles, who is the the voice of Spinel, does such a good job going from the the child squeaky adorable and hearing the heartbreak inside of that as she goes through and remembers 
her relationship with Pink and the last thing that she saw of Pink, like hearing the break through this song is really, really, really emotional. Mm-hmm. 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 And it kind of sucks that Steven has to do this to her. Hey, can you relive <laughs> the worst moment of your life, please? Yeah. And of course, it's just another story of Pink screwing someone over, which is just all she did. She literally only cared about herself. Um, what made her, you know, what was the most fun for her? Pink played with Spinel in the garden until she got the Earth colony. Yep. And so this is even like well and truly before she decides to become Rose, decides to oh, yeah. go down to Earth. Like she's just, you know, now I have now my sisters are entrusting me with a colony. Yay. Basically, like I'm a big kid now, I guess. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. Le- I don't play with toys. I don't play with toys anymore. Um, and she honestly, in a very similar way, it reminds me so much of Rose asking Pearl not to share her secret, right? Like, it's there's something about, like, forcing someone to remain stuck in a way, like, mm-hmm. taking away that love degree of agency. Pink tells Spinel to wait for her. It reminds me a little bit of Lion, too. Like, we don't know the exact instance, but like, oh, here, little pink creature that I've created, you stay here. Like, what was to stop Pink from bringing Spinel with her or to stop Pink from putting Spinel in her room to hang out with the Pebbles forever yeah. or to stop Pink from giving Spinel to the Diamonds to live in the Diamond Palace? And like, what stopped you? She doesn't care. Instead, the choice Pink makes is let's play a game. Let's see if you can be as still as possible for as long as you can. And like the fact that because that's sort of Spinel's programming is to make her best friend happy and to play games Spinel does it for 6,000 years, stands in the garden and does not move. And like there's the line in the song where she keeps saying happily, happily waiting, happily wondering, happily doing this. And it's the happily wondering night after night. Is this how it works? Am I doing it right? Can you imagine thousands of years? It's like, am I still playing the game correctly? Did I do a bad job? 6,000 years and no one's there and no word. And then from a cut that we actually see in the very beginning of the episode where you see Stephen's message being broadcast, there is a shot where you can see it from the garden's point of view. Here comes the message. Oh, pink doesn't exist anymore. Instead, there's a sun and he saved the galaxy and everyone is happy and he's got his own friends waiting for him. So he's got to go back home. Bye. And that is what effectively gets Spinel to stop playing the game and it gets her to change. Spinel's change is as dramatic as a gem reforming after being poofed. And I think that that's really important, right? Like it is like she doesn't she's not poofed, but it is it is as though she had suffered that level of physical trauma. What an awful thing to think about, (sighs) Stephen. And then the song ends and he's like, I can't believe my mom did that to you. Wait, no, No. yes, I can. (laughs) Pink is just actively the worst. Ah, I feel like poor Stephen is going to be figuring, like, uncovering ways in which his mom was terrible for the rest of his life. Yeah, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, now comes Spinel. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no, is terrible. Drift away. It also has this weird um, tone to it that sometimes sounds like it's going backwards. Hmm. Say more about that. I don't know how to replicate that sound with my mouth. <laughs> it has the, well, 
wham noise, and it kind of sounds like it's it's being turned back a little bit. Mm. The sound, the song itself sounds lonely. It sounds sad and desolate. Like it sounds, it, even even the 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 bridge in the song has, which is a, a bigger sweeping sound, but like it also still sounds sad. I don't know, man. Drift Away is just such a bummer of a song, but is still beautiful, yeah. as only a Steven Universe song could be. Yeah. Also was co-written with Amy Mann. You're right. There is something about the string sound that's like meets, uh, like there's there's a discordant tone that does sound a little bit like dragging backwards. Yeah, maybe dragging is a good word. So we get to the end of Drift Away and Spinel does the transformation back into into her sort of present form. And like you said, again, she's relived this trauma. She knows what she's lost, um, uh, both in a friend and in time and all of that. And so she has to <laughs> relive it again. And it causes her to change back into the current form that she is with her gem upside down. Uh, the the markings on her face, we realize, are almost like, like tear traps. Yeah. As if you had mascara on and her hair is all messed up. And her pinks are are sort of muted and a little bit darker than the than the colors she wears prior. And Stephen kind of tries to reason with her and get her to understand that, like, I'm sorry, my mom did a lot of awful things. I'm not my mom, but I I would love to help you. And like, he kind of gives her the we can be friends and we can we can do these things together and it's all okay. And so it goes almost directly into found, yes. which is the second song that takes place in the garden. Somehow. I'll love again I just need to find someone I mean it's it's Spinel kind of coming around right like it's her starting to be optimistic and like even as the current Spinel as having gone through all of that trauma and being lost it is Honestly, it's this it's the song that we would expect out of Steven Universe. Like it this yes. is this is the way the story would normally end, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like, so I'm sorry my mom did that. We can be friends, like it's okay. Some some way, somehow, you'll love again. Like it is that reconciliation that is like so common in all of these episodes. Yep. Like things are looking up, right? Like it seems like mm-hmm. Smell's gonna go fix the injector, like we got this, like everything's going peachy keen. Um, and we get to the point with that you referenced earlier, uh, where Steven is like, Yeah, we can forget all about this. Yeah, I, I I mean, you you said it. It's the here's here. There is hope. And look, I'll be hope with you. And let's warp back together. And like you hit the nail on the head. This is how Steven would get somebody on his side in an episode of Steven Universe. And this is how it would end. And then they'd be friends. But I, I do I do think that like in the lyrics, like it starts with someday, somewhere, somehow you'll love again. You need to find someone. And by the end, Spinel sings today, right here, right now. Mm-hmm. I already feel found. Mm-hmm. And you think that you're good. But in actuality, what we're going to learn in four and a half seconds is that she immediately understands this. Not that she's right, but she feels as though this is a naivete inside of herself. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I thought it was going to be fine. How stupid of me. Yeah. Um, and we're not there yet. But like, she so desperately wants to believe that she immediately latches on to Steven, even though like, it seems that maybe she's retreading 
a path that she's already gone down before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is a, there's a degree to which it is naivete. Like it is that she is trying to attach immediately to Stephen. And like, you can kind of tell, right? It's a read the room situation that like Stephen isn't ready to set himself up as the like center point of her yeah. like, relationship. Like, it, I don't know, like, life (laughs) like he doesn't want to be the one that she is obsessed with he wants her to kind of be normal like be chill spinel and so when the cracks start to show and she starts to get upset and realizes that it isn't what she expected it's kind of because she set herself up for it because i mean she doesn't know anything else Ugh, it's so sad so uh, Steven brings spinel back from the garden and i I really like this sort of hesitant almost bismuthy moment where it's like aren't they gonna be a little upset when they see you with me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, it's fine. We'll go together. It'll be great. Very calm, soothing tones. They come down They come down the stairs and everyone's like ready to fight, except for Garnet, who's like, Spinel, did you change your hair? And you're like, this is, I love Garnet <laughs> in all forms. And then this is the moment where Connie shows up because earlier Stephen told Lion to go get Connie. We kneeled all hands on deck. And so Lion listened brought Connie back and she hops out of the portal screaming with her sword going, where's the fight? And I'm like, Connie's Superman in this moment. We have to bring Connie in at the last moment. It's like, Connie, we, we, we solved it. Maybe. I don't know. It seems, it seems like we solved it, but of course we haven't. And so like we get Mm -hmm. to the injector and everything is going well. And then she notices that like, you know, Steven is holding back. Steven is talking about how, yeah, we'll just do this. Everything will be the way it was before. Back to normal. Back to normal. Mm-hmm. We can forget this ever happened. She notices that he still has the rejuvenator in his back pocket because he couldn't store it in Lion. It's like the easiest thing I know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> and so she is all of a sudden back to that like chaotic, suspicious hurt She's, she's back to the character that, you know, started this all and is kind of like, screw you, and like shoves the rejuvenator back. We like the world is just falling apart. Like we got craters and crevices and, you know, all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. Uh, she fully shoves that entire it, it goes entirely into the earth at that point. It's like and we we're done. We are done now, sir. Yeah, and then Stephen, what is the line about the truth that gets Garnet going? Spinel takes Garnet hostage. Yes. Because Garnet's like, Stephen, Spinel, aren't we friends? And she does the whole, uh, oh, didn't you prefer me when I was this innocent, stupid, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you? Don't you want, oh. Why don't you keep her this way? Why don't you keep her this way? And she says, like, oh, you're so protective of your real friends and you're so careless with your fake ones. You just want to kill me. And Stephen says, no, that's not the truth. And snaps the rejuvenator over his knee. Mm-hmm. Which is also a very Stephen-y thing to do. Uh, not because I'm the kind of asshole that's like, honestly, that rejuvenator could have come in clutch. Like, that is, like, the plan that she's... I'm that, a- I'm that, I'm that asshole. <laughs> maybe, maybe hold on to that. <laughs> that seems like that could be useful. <laughs> like, honestly, in this situation and in others. <laughs> but... It's that that's Garnet's last piece, right? The truth. We're back to Sapphire and Ruby's love. And I'm back to being Mm -hmm. emotional about it. Uh, (laughs) But that like, right, that like, that's the answer. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. And so we have the big Garnet reveal, um, which is amazing. I think it's actually really interesting that we get the Garnet 
reveal as opposed to I don't know, like I there's something interesting about the fact as opposed to seeing like Ruby and Sapphire individually grow and change, we always like we are seeing the different iterations of Garnet. Mm-hmm. For me, that's clear in the relationship and like that's what we're supposed to get and like Garnet is her own character and like it like is always the the focal point i guess Mm -hmm. but it just like for whatever reason this particular instance just like made me think like why aren't we seeing them individually at all how have ruby and sapphire as individuals regenerated or like yeah yeah no i know what you're saying and i think it's because like i mean one it's a reason to have garnet around the whole time but like two um, I think it's because it's getting to them to that point. Ruby and Sapphire did most of their growing as individuals while being Garnet. Garnet is the one that fought in the war. Yeah. And Garnet is the one that was beside Rose. And Garnet is the one that helped raid Steven. You know what I mean? But just because they were Garnet doesn't mean that Ruby and Sapphire weren't aware. Like, that's like Ruby being like, we already know you. And we already – or like Garnet saying, oh, Steven, they already love you because Ruby and Sapphire are always yeah. Garnet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I think that's that's kind of – where that comes in tied tied all in together yeah that makes yeah that makes a lot of sense also the all of true kind of love which is a an absolute jam um it's the truth it's the truth it's the truth kind of love it's the truth it's the truth it's the truth co-written by chance the rapper what you know what uh all right and and estelle estelle's got credits on this too but i love that this is very jailbreaky yes it's the same it's it feels a lot of um stronger than you yes where garnet is singing a song about an emotional truth or a personal truth and simultaneously there's a fight happening or there's action happening Mm -hmm. and it's I mean, in this part, there's a fight happening, but like, oh, it's just, it's very, very good. It's so reminiscent of the scene in Jailbreak, and it like warms my heart, my cold, dead heart. God, I love Garnet. This is such a good song. It's a bop. Like, and it's so, I don't know how to explain this feeling. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> chill waves. I wish that everyone could see you just like <laughs> jamming out. Honestly, the like intro, like the beginning of it has this like, kind of syncopation like the the mm-hmm. the it just sounds good it sounds good that's all i can say <laughs> the it's like it's like you're you're going down a key like d- across a piano yeah. like a when a difficult day go like it feels very good you're right it, it moves well and we have you know another big big fight and like it's so atypical of any other show but totally typical of steven universe that this like very chill song about love and then a big fight underneath it because we are kind of rehashing the original fight from the from the beginning of the film where like Spinel ran all over them. But this time the Crystal Gems are kind of holding their own a bit. She still manages to escape. But like it is it is basically a repeat of the fight from the beginning. Yes. Garnet's back. It's all of them coming together. There's so many like really like when uh, Amethyst and Pearl and Garnet and Steven are all in like a group hug and you're just like this is Steven Universe ah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, great moments but like also we're still like we still in celebrating like the reforming of the team that we like know and love Spinell is still like separate and the aggressor and you know 
also we're not sure how this is going to end like because Mm -hmm. because we had the moment that we thought was like the end of this challenge this conflict yeah like it's kind of like up like how i don't know how this is going to be solved yeah and it's also interesting that the song doesn't end right because like you would assume that like this is the end of the song this is the end of the fight or whatever but spinel kind of makes her escape and she runs on top of the injector and like blows that horn again and like is like jk let's put all the poison in the earth and i appreciate it's uh we're in like a um sort of an interlude in the song like the music is still going but we've stopped singing so that there's dialogue and like there's the moment where garnet's back right but steven is still their leader because steven directs everybody he's like you go there you go there you go there get this done i'm taking her on steven you have no powers i don't care okay steven like it's that moment where it's like they trust him so implicitly to know what is best in the situation so steven takes steven gets to be leader in that moment because he's grown up. He's team leader. We see the gems running around and, and getting saving p- people in Beach City. Uh, Connie's online and, and Alexandra's running around. And like you see Greg picking up people and just trying to save everybody while Steven climbs the injector. And then Steven gets a verse of True Clan of Love, mm-hmm. which I found out or I learned was Estelle's suggestion. Oh. Um, initially, Garnet was the only one that ever sang this song, but there's the one little bit that's the slowdown. The I always want to sing it, and I have to stop myself. The, hey, you, show me that solvable problem. We can get through this. I'll do the hardest part for you. So that bit that is in there, Estelle was like, I really think Steven should be singing this. So she made it so that Zach sang that little part as Steven, like, almost painfully climbs the side of the injector to get to Spinel, and then Garnet comes back in to sing yeah and i think it makes a lot of sense for steven to be singing that part right like we honestly we've gone past the point where garnet is doing the hardest part for him yeah right and so i think that it makes a lot of sense for this to be steven especially when we're talking about him climbing up to reconfront spinel and the like emotional work that needs to be done to like get her back on their side also, like, to be fair, Spinel's done the deed. Like, yeah, there's a moment where you're just kind of like, why are you like, what, like, what else can we do here? You know, like, it just seems like all hope is lost. This is actually one of my this this scene into the following song is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Uh, I lied earlier when I, well, I picked my two favorite. I picked my two favorite, like, pictures. But this is my favorite scene, especially like when he finally gets up there and like, she says, I don't want to play anymore. And he goes, Spinel, this isn't a game. And you'd like, you you'd think that this is like, oh, Steven's got her now. Spinel, this isn't a game. And she doesn't react in any other way but to punch him in the face. <laughs> like, like, you expect the natural response to that, this isn't a game, is I'm not playing. She doesn't need to say it. She just hits him because she's not playing. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's not playing. And then she dangles him. <laughs> She also has that line where she says, uh, now that I know you, I want to kill you even more. Yeah. Which is so intense. And like, it comes from such a broken, upset place. I don't think Spinella actually necessarily, well, in that moment, she definitely does want to kill Steven. But like, because I think it's that she had a sliver of trust for two seconds and it disappeared. And it's like, no, no, now we're dunsies, dunsies. Well, not even the trust, but like... I think that there's something in actually seeing 
the person that you despise, like living the life that maybe you wanted. <sighs> right. Yeah. Like, I think that there's something in Steven's like joy and how much he's like clawing after his happily ever after. And, and all of the love that the characters around him have for Steven, even right. Like they, they are such a tight knit group family that like, Steven's able to bring all of them back from being reset. Like, this is, like, big deal kind of relationships. And I think that that hurts Spinel even more because, like, right, like, Pink left her and decided to stay on Earth. And from that, right, like, from caring enough about all of these other people, other gems and humans, like, this is the life that has sprung up. And so, like, yeah. there is just something, like, really painful in actually observing it. I absolutely, absolutely agree with all of that. And we uh, referenced this line before, but Stephen is, like, literally, like, at his lowest point. He's like, what, like, what could possibly be my missing piece? Like, isn't this exactly what I've had to live through? This is the story of my life. Yeah. And Spinell's like, God. <laughs> Which <laughs> I think is really... Yeah, how did a powerless... Loser like you becomes savior of the galaxy. Oh, God, she sucks. But that's when Steven has the realization that, like, it is because he was able to take all of this and grow and change that, like, that mm -hmm. is the piece that is missing. That is the, like, yeah. human -y piece of Steven. Like, he says it, but, like, as a, like, as a wrap-up, it was all the happily ever after. He spent this entire movie only chasing after his happily ever after. He didn't think about what he needed to do to earn it or what he needed to do past it. He was only thinking of like this, this beautiful moment in a meadow in time. Yeah. And because of that, he wasn't able to change to suit the moment. Mm -hmm. So we get the nice ditty. I can make an effort if I only understand that I, I can make a This is my third favorite song in the movie. <laughs> I want you to rank them. We should do we should do a ranking. I love I love all of the songs in this movie very 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 much, but this is this sequence is so the anim okay, so first of all, Steven, she lets him go and it's like, "JK, I got my powers back now that I got my final puzzle piece, bitch." And like he floats and then he summons his bubble and then he makes it spiky and he summons his shields a bunch of times. Like he's like, oh, yeah, Steven's back. Well, baby. yeah, because he doesn't do the right. Like this is Steven's version of the uh, glow reforming, like going through mm -hmm. all of his different versions of himself. I love that. I yeah. love this sequence because it's like Steven doesn't work that way, but he's testing out all of his powers. We're getting to see him go back through all of these like iterations of his bubble. And like it's, it feels like he just like burst out and now he's back and he's grown up Steven. And he starts singing Change, which is a very good song. Also, that moment where he wipes the blood off his nose. What a badass. <laughs> Steven is a badass. <laughs> oh, man. And I like that this song is in two. First of all, I love the animation in this moment because there's wind whipping across both of them. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of like what looks like 3D, 3D, 360 camera stuff. But the beginning of the song is all I statements. Yes. And the second half of the song is all you statements. Mm -hmm. So he's like, Steven understands his change. I can make a promise. I can take a stand. I can make a change. And then Spinell's like, you can't change the way I feel. And Steven's like, 
No, only you can do that. Yeah. And then the song changes again. Yeah. You can make a difference. You can make it right. You can make it better. Like, I need you to work with me. That's a level of, of enlightenment at 16 that, like, it takes a, some of us a long time to get to. <laughs> only you yep. can change your emotional state. Only you can do it. And then Spinel's like, you can't just sing a song and make it better. And she punches him through the atmosphere back down to the ejector because she's like, I'm done with you. Shoot, like, how dare you sing at me and tell me I can make this better? She just punches him down, which is a mood. <laughs> you can't just sing at me and make this better. You've already tried four times. We've sung multiple songs together. It's not how this works. But I mean, ultimately, it kind of is. <laughs> like, it kind of is the way it works. I, You know what? Fair. It is kind of how it works. Because, like, through the fight sequence, it, for me, it seems a little bit like Spinel just kind of, like, gets exhausted. <laughs> like, is just like, I'm over this. I, I think that she punches herself out in a way, you know? Like, yeah, all of the rage, like, once Steven stops fighting back, she is just, like kind of like exhausting herself and it's finally just like ugh, whatever yeah you're right like she's losing steam she's so angry and all of her anger is directed at steven but like i think it's it's hard when somebody is smiling in your face and it's like i just need to continue to be angry at you i need you to stop talking and then we land back on the injector and we have sort of spinel's like final breakdown yeah like she's like i when you change, you change for the better. But when I change, I change for the worse. Because the only change in her life has been from this cute little plaything to this vengeful creature at this point. Mm -hmm. You can't just tell her to change. She literally doesn't understand what that is yet. She hasn't had the support system that Steven has had to enable his change. Or the time or the opportunity. She's like, I can't, you know. Yeah, but Steven is... Still very Steven-y, you know? Like, well, I mean, do the diamonds arrive? No, she does it herself. She does this whole thing on her own. Because she's like, it's the, I change for the worse. And he's still not fighting back. And then she's like, I I used to be just not good enough. And now I'm just not good at all. Like, this, this moment where Steven's like, you have to change. She's like, I can't. I only know how to change for the worse. I used to be not good enough. Now I'm not good at all. And then she's like, you liked me, right? Like, you could have been my friend. All I want is a friend and I don't have that because I ruined it. Like it is all, you're right. Like she loses steam and she just crumbles within herself. She's like, everything I have done has ruined any opportunity to ever be happy again. Yeah. Is literally all of it. And then the injector explodes. <laughs> is literally what happens. Um, yeah, which is honestly like a really great like visual representation of realizing the like self-destructive behavior you've had in your life, right? Like Spinell is having this breakdown because she's just like, you liked me. Uh, you wanted to be my friend. Why do I want to hurt you so bad? And then the injector, which is like the manifestation of Spinell's anger, like explodes. Uh, so about that sequence, I thought this was really interesting and was in a Variety article that I read the other day. Uh, it says, The climax of Steven Universe, the movie, comes not when the hero battles the vengeful, superpowered alien atop the planet-destroying weapon. It arrives a beat later when the titular Steven and his adversary Spinel form a delicate friendship while standing in a smoldering crater of their own making. Steven helps Spinel see that although the trauma she's suffered can't be erased, personal growth is good and possible. Their approachment follows a slugfest as action-packed as any you'll find on Cartoon Network, and creator Rebecca Sugar had to fight like hell for it. Quote, 
I would often get these notes that he should obliterate her and rid the universe of her evil. That's not really what our show is about, but it's what is expected from children's programming, that if there is a bad person, you kill them, and then everything will be fine. I just think there should be some alternative. Like, Steven and Spinel duke it out four times. They fight all the other gems. She has this, like, breakdown, and still Steven's not going to, like, rid the universe of her evil. Yeah. She needs help and a friend and an opportunity. Like, can you imagine a world in which in Steven Universe we just decided to, like, I don't know, re- forever rejuvenate Spinel, give her a different best friend? What? No. Yeah, that would be weird. That'd be awful. Well, first of all, like... I can't believe that anyone at Cartoon Network who had seen Steven Universe was like, she needs to be obliterated. <laughs> like, it's like, have you have you watched the show? Do you know the show? that happens? Um, but I love that not only do like not only is that the like pivotal moment and like the reconciliation, but then everyone comes back, right? And Steven is like hey guys like like is talking to all of the crystal gems and like connie and his dad and checking in on all of them and turns around and is like spinel i was going to come back um and spinel says i know like that to me is the final piece right like it's her being able to trust again but also that like not only does she recognize that steven's not you know pink diamond and a dick but that she has to do a lot of work herself. Yeah. Yeah. She has a line that's like, friendship isn't going to be easy for me, mm-hmm. which is so sad. She says, you make me want to try. Ugh, so beautiful. But like, I think it's really important, especially because we've seen Spinel backslide. It's important to like have that cap to know that like she has made it all the way through this emotional turmoil or whatever. And then we realize that Steven can, you know, bring the planet back together. So that's good. She's going to do a, I got a lot of kissing to do. Um, I also like Granitz. We should get him some water. It's important to stay hydrated when you're smooching or whatever she says. And you're like, oh, come on. Okay. This is where we live now. Garnet doesn't need water. Did she do research? What do earth smooches do? I don't know. This is all strange. No, I like, I like uh, the bit you said about Spinel doing like she's already had a backslide is interesting. Because, like, she's, like, uh, where she recognizes that she's messed up with Steven. And it's not like Steven wouldn't be like, no, I forgive you. Let's work on this together. Like, that is who Steven is. And he would. But I think from her side, she can't do that with him. Yeah. You know? Like, that's not a Steven forgives you. That's a Spinel can't do this with you. Yeah. Which is something that I think is very rare. Like, in a children's show in which you would, especially one like Steven Universe, where you expect people to just be okay. Like, I think think it's neat that moment of the other person it's not you know of the other individual in this in this duo in a sense being like it's not it's not you it's me but also it is you you know yeah yeah it's very honestly it's like very different for steven universe right like yeah i mean it's the not having a happily ever after right yep and then the diamonds show up diamonds ex machina Steven, we were so bored. It's been 20 whole hours. Uh, are we interrupting? Yes. Yes, you are, actually. 
can we can we pause for a minute because the this entire scene i've just been like yeah but can he like get them to sweat on the earth the earth is still pretty messed up and like the diamonds are here like they can help why aren't they helping that's all that's what i kept thinking like everybody hop in that fountain yes. and then we'll bring buckets, buckets. like <laughs> See, we doesn't have to kiss the earth. We can just get that healy water from Rose's garden. What the heck, guys? Jesus. Oh, man. I really like the bit. <laughs> the bit where White, she goes, Stephen, was your planet always this? And she, like, waves her hand, like, like off to the side and she's destroyed. And I'm like, wow, God, you guys are wild. <laughs> Um, also the, when they, uh, when Stephen, uh, introduces Spinel or like reintroduces, I suppose, and they, uh, become enamored of her and like are ready to like leave the, how, how excited they are to not have to stay on earth. They're like, oh good. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Get off. We can get off this trash planet. <laughs> Two things. That bit where Yellow's like, what's that smell? She's so like, I don't smell anything. She's like, because you live here. I'm like, wow, that's Parasite right there. That is the end of Parasite. <laughs> Second of all, I don't know how to explain the way that Patty Lapone laughs <laughs> when she laughs at Spinel. Because Spinel's like, I could do that standing on my head. And she goes, Wah! is the way she laughs. And it is the funniest sound in the universe <laughs> it's just like six thousand years you're right that's nothing and i'm like this is this is the diamonds are fucking nuts <laughs> like a match made in you know i don't know home world i'll love again i've already found someone just let us adore you today It's a little sad that so easily it's like, ah, yes, we will just find another thing to adore in Spinel. But like also like that's kind of what Spinel needs. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not super healthy, but also like these are gems, not people. So I feel like their emotions are slightly different. Yes, I agree with that. Also, I think that Stephen has been enough of a good influence on them that like they won't get bored of her. <laughs> You know, that like there is a like I imagine that there's a world in before where the diamonds will like get tired of her and cast her aside very similarly to pink and like, you know, want to go on, I don't know, damaging the universe. But I think that Steven has like gotten them to like focus on just like being happy, being people or like being gems. And so I have faith that like this could work. <laughs> mm hmm. And the diamonds and Spinel take off with the Spinel throws up a peace sign and the diamond shifts throw up a, a nice hand heart and they take off. And as you pointed out before, don't help fix the earth. Come on. <laughs> like, Which seems like something they could have done. Just a little sweat. Just like a little bit of like, come on, nothing. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Bye. <laughs> and we get the finale, which is, you know. All, everything being knit back together. I love the finale. So happily we'll face whatever comes our way. And after we might do it all again. Here we are in the future. Here we are. I'll be ready every day. 
I love a finale, frankly, especially when it's like we get everybody. So it's like, let's sing it. And Peridot and Lapis and Bismuth are here to sing. And Lars and Sadie and uh, Nenefar are here to sing. Because just those three, though, because those are the three actors that had lines in this movie. So that's why they are the three that sing, if you did not notice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's just a, it's a mixture of Here We Are in the Future with I Can Make a Change. And it like, it sounds so good. It sounds so good. And they just sing, here we are in the future, because maybe the future's not perfect, but here we are. We made it and we're fixing. And you see like the gems entertaining or helping the the humans that have been sort of displaced by the the damage from the yeah. injection drill. Everybody's together in little home world, like doing their thing, and here we are in the future. And like they have a barbecue and Sadie's performing again. Uh, and like It's great. It's so great. It's a really like nice end. Also, it's like an end and a beginning, right? Like the that sense of like bringing everything together. Also, the like taste of little home world that we get, um, you know, because right, like the movie goes into Steven Universe future and like the, it's yeah. a great end, but also a beginning. Yeah, which is what the end sort of the finale ending with like sort of this out of. Out of not out of canon, I don't know how to explain it. Like it breaks the fourth wall again, and suddenly, like the song, sort of the and it's bright, and the future is, and it's bright, and it's bright, and it's bright, and it's bright, and it moves to Stephen, the gems, and yeah. Carney, like in like top hats and tails <laughs> and tap shoes and peacock coming down. Oh, God. It is it is the end of Chicago. Like it is it is glitz and glam and lights and feathers giving their last sort of performance down the stage. Um, to the point where I really thought I was like, I thought there was another show coming when it ended, <laughs> when I first watched the movie. And I was like, I could have sworn there was something else happening. Is this, is this the end? Like, was very <laughs> unsure because this, especially when Greg comes on stage and hands Steven a bouquet of flowers. Yeah. It feels like a finale. Ugh, I love it. It's so good. And then, of course, the the very last line of the of the movie and of the song is, happily ever after never ends. And it's because... Steven spent the whole thing chasing his happily ever after. But like, you can read that as like, oh, we'll all like happily ever after never ends because it's happily ever after. But also like, you're gonna keep going even through the good or the bad. So if you want your happily ever after, you have to keep working at it. Yeah. And the yes, yes, I think that happily ever after in the finale is a stand in for that the search that Steven has been doing throughout the rest of the movie. And it's the idea that like, you're never going to be done. Happiness isn't a destination. You're not going to get there and be happy. Yes. Yes. It never ends. You got to keep going and like finding new things and moving forward. I love Steven Universe. How dare. I I do too. Um. So like we made it to the end of the movie and I think like we did a really good job covering every like to go into characters would be silly we spent a lot of time with spinel with everybody we talked about the music we talked about the rejuvenator and everything else like we've we've pretty much touched on everything we yeah. yelled a lot about how pink diamond is the worst um, <laughs> the the thing that i did want to mention because i didn't find a place for it is i think that anybody who likes adventure time um may know this story but spin the inspiration for spinel comes from um a, an experience rebecca sugar had when she was a kid the story is when she was younger she lost a like a stuffed rabbit she like lost it in a garden or something like that and in the winter time and then did find forgot about it whatever and then found it again in the spring and when she found it like half of it was like like had been in, had bleached by the oh. sun and like it was all ratted and and all of that and that sort of 
image or whatever inspired the idea of Spinel. Or Spinel was inspired by that. Mm-hmm. This thing that you leave behind and forget about and what happens to it when you leave there and 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 all of that. Simultaneously, it also was the inspiration for a song called Everything Stays, which was written and sung and performed by Rebecca Sugar inside of Adventure Time uh, in the uh, yeah, was it in stakes. It must have been it must have been the stakes miniseries. It's a song that one character's mother sings to the character. And like and it literally has a line that's like, let's go in the garden. You'll find something waiting, mm-hmm. which is like it ties to this story and it ties perfectly to Spinel, which is just a really interesting um, thing that she's like. I wish I was that creative that I could take one <laughs> random story from my childhood and create a really great song and an entire character and build a movie around it. Like, what even is that? How? What, who has brains? No one. <laughs> Anyways, Everything Stays is a song that made me weep like a baby the first time it happened in Adventure Time. I was like in literal tears. And then like Spinel existed. And I was like, what's wrong with me? And I was like, oh, that's just Rebecca Sugar, I guess. <laughs> that's really cool. All right, so we are at the end, which means, are we going to pick who's extra? Uh, How is it not Spinel? How is it anyone other than Spinel? (laughs) It's probably Spinel. (laughs) It's absolutely Spinel. Just like everything that you were saying about the animation, like Homegirl makes a megaphone out of her pinky finger or whatever. And like, (laughs) this is wild. Even the way she talks, I love that Spinel is like, like, she sounds like Harley Quinn because Harley Quinn sounds like 20s, 30s monster yes. because Spinel sounds like a 2030s because her motif is the 20s, 30s. Oh, I love it so much. It's wild. Didn't give enough credit. Sarah Stiles is so good as Spinel, it makes me mm-hmm. angry. She's very, very good in this movie and is a, also a Broadway actress. She came to BroadwayCon. Yeah. She performed at BroadwayCon, right? She did. But, like, she is so good as Spinel, and, like, I think from her voice to her mannerisms to her animation to everything she does inside of this film, yeah. Spinel is the most extra, but is also the most damaged, which is a thing to say when you're surrounded by Steven and Pearl and Amethyst. So, like... Yeah, so I guess we... I don't, I don't even know how to reconcile those two things, but whatever, she does the most. But that officially brings us, holy God, to the end. I can't believe this is happening again. This is another thing. <laughs> We did it again. I think that we have to be very careful next time. We can't keep doing this. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this this beefy boy of an episode. I hope it was great. So, as always, we would love to continue this conversation, even though we've talked for forever. We could keep going because Steven Universe and the movie is just that good. Uh, so if you would like to chat with us, we're on Twitter at ExtraneousPod and Facebook and Instagram at extraneous.pod. Dot pod. So follow us there. Keep up the conversation. We talked for over three hours about a 82-minute movie. <laughs> we talked longer than the movie. We talked like twice as long as the movie. <laughs> This is this is a nightmare. This is this is my no. You know what? I take it back. This is my happily ever after. Y'all. Um, so thank you very much uh, for supporting the show and listening and enjoying. We love all of you. Uh, and if you love us, the most direct way you can support us, in, in addition to just showering us with love and praise all over social media, is you can join us over at Patreon.com/slash Making Mischief. We got lots of tears. We got lots of bonus content, etc. We already talked about it today. I'm not going to make you do it again. But again, Patreon.com/slash Making Mischief. If you would like to support us in a more direct way, yay. Thanks. All right. Talk to y'all next week. Stay extra. Bye. Bye. Yeah, that is...
you know, there's a degree to which it is naivete, right? Like the uh, naiveness, naivete. I hate that word because it sounds really bougie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Blame the French. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And then Stephen, what is the line about the truth that gets Garnet going? Uh, what does he say? It's like, I, I, you know what? I'm an asshole. I wrote the word truth. <laughs> that was what my, my notes say. Truth. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. <laughs> Hold on. Let me pull up the transcript. 